We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. <laughs> I'm your host, David Cameo. <laughs> I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, and Survivors Tier members, Bridget, X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and Jasmine.iec on Instagram. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. We're here to talk about the 14th episode of The Walking Dead's 11th season titled <sighs> That. Fun fact, the Rotten Core is also the name of the 31st volume of the Walking Dead comic. Rachel brought out the comic. <laughs> Alright, so what is the theme of that particular the comic that that matches up with what the content is featuring right now in this episode? So the, the volume of the Rotten Core actually starts with... Oh, it's a volume, not a single issue? Or it is a volume, Correct. Right? Okay. That actually Correct. starts when um, Pamela's going around to visit the communities like Alexandria, Hilltop, Oceanside. So basically the start of the Rotten Court is in line with the start of 11-12, story-wise. Why do those issues have that, that name? Why does that volume have that name, do you think? It's the beginning of the expo- like the ex- like, like it's the beginning of kind of like the exposing that the Commonwealth isn't all that it seems. That's basically the, the focus on that, of that volume. Okay, so that's the theme of the comic. That's what we're, where we seem to be in. And I think we're kind of accelerating into this really, really rather quickly. Let's talk about feelings about this episode. I am loving, let me stress this again, loving Savage Aaron. I am here for it. And I want him to kill more people. But at the same time, I want him to teach his fucking daughter how to kill people. So let's get that going too. Let's just, let's just teach the yeah. world how to kill. How to kill. Yes, right. I'm for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should condone this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's say defend ourselves then. Oh, How's that? now you're just being better? politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Was Aaron really defending himself from Toby Carson? Oh. Yes. brought him back in handcuffs. Uh, you think that's going to work on on him? I think he's the kind of guy that needs some killing. That would have been a better scenario, but... But it's not self-defense is my kind of main thing. Like, the guy was unarmed. Right, led. right. Well, self-defense in a bigger sense. He was he was a threat to his people and his... Not an immediate threat on his life, but he was a big threat to his people and the communities. The Of the Commonwealth, you're saying? No, maybe not necessarily them, but Aaron's oh, oh, oh. people. Like, I'm saying, the, like... right. The outside, he the would, people that we did the show with uh, all this time. Right, our people, <laughs> right, our right. people, yeah. Because right, right, right. if he's doing this to these people, you know, there's no stopping him from showing up at Hilltop doing the same thing, or right. Alexandria, or Oceanside, or anywhere. One less mouth to have to try to defend himself and lie about it, or some, something like that. I mean, he's CIA, former CIA, so they'll have to do anything to kind of say, or off the record, or I can't talk about that, redacted. He'll not or do say anything to protect his source and, and the mission and all that stuff. Yeah, if he's gone, he can't say anything. Dead man tell no tales. That's right. But I don't think it was about that. He, Aaron, looked very pissed. And if had he not done that, by the way, there wouldn't be that mirror of what Mercer does, does at the end of the episode to those two soldiers. It is kind of like a mirror. You are a traitor to what this thing was supposed to mean. The Commonwealth, yeah. namely. So. Also, what are those uniforms made out of that a bullet didn't go through it? What do you mean? When Aaron shot Carlson, it didn't oh, go through the armor. It didn't? I think no. all it means that is that he didn't die immediately, which, thank goodness, because that shit was cool. Maybe this was editing. Maybe it wasn't on purpose. But when he shot him, there weren't even holes. There was like a, a puff of dust, and that was it. That's just the Walking Dead budget. <laughs> right. D- <laughs> dust bullets. We can't, af- we can't afford black holes. <laughs> or like to like a sharpie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, we can't just color on him. And, and here's what I'm thinking: like it would have, it would have even been more badass had had Aaron aimed to graze him, like right. So he just tumble off the roof. But knowing reality, it would be like Aaron, even at that short a distance, is a bad shot. So, it like, looked like he got him center mass, though. Like I mean, did it? okay. It looked it looked like it. It was fast, but I thought I saw him hit him. Like yeah. All right in the center in the mass. the good parts. In the, in the delicious parts. Eh, could be. I don't know. You're <laughs> right. All the yummy bits. Because right right, we, we both know that, like, yeah, filming, you know, it's not like as if he literally fell off the roof and they continued filming. <laughs> so they yeah, yeah. probably situated him in the, in the pile of walker. <laughs> or, well, the pile of walkers kind of situated themselves on top of him. So, eh. I don't know if it was, like, coming off the high of, like, being at Fandemic and being at the viewing party at Nick and Norman's or what. But this episode to me wasn't as good as episode 13 is how I felt about it, which Mm -hmm. is weird because there were a lot of really great moments in it. But the episode previous just was really good. So I just felt like it was was like a little bit below that. It wasn't even that I didn't like it necessarily, but it was just maybe a little bit slower than I was kind of hoping for. I mean, it was kind of meant to be this like, action episode follow-up and there was just a there was a lot of conversation and of course it was like exposition that had to happen because we there has to be these these emotions that the characters are working through as and i'm looking at the tower sequences specifically and i wanted that to be like a little more it was so badass in the last episode and then it like kind of fizzled down Mm. yeah this is bridget I have no emotions. Beep up, Bork. Beep up. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, we have a Discord that when you join as a member, you get to be a part of, and there is a spoilers channel. And uh, conversation between Jasmine and Linda was very interesting. This was a week ago. <laughs> I don't remember this. More than, a- More than a week ago. You guys were talking about how you did not like Negan's trajectory. Ah, uh, yes, generally. I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought this up because all of the things I was going to say, Bridget said first, but now I have other things to say. That's, listen, I'm good at what I do. Yeah, say, hey. I don't want the accents for. I liked like the Herschel-Negan interactions quite a bit, but I wasn't a big fan of where Negan's storyline has gone in terms of this whole Annie thing. Because I don't really like when they develop like a whole romantic relationship off screen with like a main character. Like I feel like we had that with Daryl, and then like now we're having it again with Negan. Like you want you want to see like you know your Glenn Maggie situations where they're like slowly. That's on topic, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you see them slowly like building it up, and you see like the chemistry and stuff. You don't just kind of want your main character to be shoehorned in with another. A new character, like they could be, they could have been in like the beginning, like the mists of a romantic relationship. But no, he's actually married and has a child on the way, which is a little bit, a little bit far for me personally. Twelve weeks into the pregnancy, and how how long into the romance? Probably six months into the romance, or something along those lines. Almost six. Well, months. Let, let me drop another bit of knowledge. Like something we've said on the podcast repeatedly across time is that. It seems like things are accelerated in the apocalypse. And I think six months mm-hmm. is kind of like, you know, your 10-year anniversary, isn't it? Like, surprise <laughs> they're only having a child, uh, you know, 12 weeks in, you know? If you've, yeah, if you've made it that far, you're in it for the long haul. The problem is almost that, like, like it's only been an episode for us. Like, it might have been a long time for them, but it's literally been, like, it's been, like, half an hour. It's been, like, you know... <laughs> Half an hour of screen time. Five. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Maybe less. And then it's like, whoa, he's married. He's going to have a kid. And it's like, also, 
the whole spin-off announcement kind of like clouds it as well because in your head you're just like well no, she's probably gonna die right how did they get rid of her i did really love the herschel the herschel negan interactions though that was quite interesting and there's definitely i definitely looks like it's going to be potentially a turning point for the um maggie negan kind of relationship so on the heels of that it seems as though we are rapidly approaching the time skip that we get in 1109 because the very next episode alludes to that, which is not to say that I'm going to talk about it, but it does show scenes from, or, you know, scenes from that episode. Lance wearing the outfit that he wears, the kind of, the L.L. Bean outfit. Ooh, this is me out in the wild. Ooh. It looks like, you know, the six months are coming to reality, which is why I say six months, because it's just about, it's kind of like season 11's version of 915, in a sense. Like, is it going to be a bloodbath? It, either way, it's going to be a banger, because it feels like things are coming coming swiftly to a, not a conclusion, but like some sort of clash. The underbelly of the Commonwealth is coming to light, and so are the people who are sick of it. Which actually kind of makes me excited for 11.16, in a sense. You know, when we talk about like things rapidly approaching a close with the show, but at the same time, like, okay, this is kind of interesting, because we know a clash is going to happen in the next episode, but then what does 11.16 look like? Or does it just continue even, which is kind of even more exciting. I don't know. I'm trying really hard right now to forget what I know about the comic books and just enjoy what I'm seeing on screen because I, I, I can feel myself like trying to make predictions solely based on, on what I already know. And I mean, we know they don't always stick to that. And, and I don't want them to either. Like, I don't want to know what's coming. Like, I like being surprised. So honestly, I, I don't know. And I don't know if I want to think about my theories too hard because I'm just really enjoying being here and absorbing it all. Does that sound stupid? No, no, no. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. But I think the show kind of wants you to pull yourself into the comic books too, though. Like, oh, we're going to yeah. get them. We're going to get these comic book watchers. Well, I just know we're probably right on the edge of a huge riot, big like revolution um, sort of thing. Thank you. I was going to say retaliation, but that's not the word. Revolution. Yes, a revolution is, is coming. They've definitely got a platform where they could lean onto the comic books or they could deviate massively. It's very much, they very much left, left it open. This does bring to light something we have to keep asking on the show, uh, season 11, is the layering of Lance Hornsby. Would you say that there's a lot more layering to this character than there is in the comic book? Oh, yes. Hey, oh, I was, yes. I see those nods. Okay. The serious mm -hmm. nods, too, which I, I take as a great indicator. They are making this Lance a much more interesting character. I'm really liking this Lance. How about we play Sharon's take, and then we can continue from there. We said a couple of weeks ago that Lance was like Saul Goodman, hmm. and, and he is. But the more I think about it, the more I think he's actually like Peter Baelish. Lance would Peter Baelish from burn Game of Thrones, the country down if he could be King of the Ashes. And that kind of makes me wonder if Primrose really is the catalyst for the zombie infection. And they're in Toledo. And my theory about Lance and Pamela being there to meet with Primrose, what if Lance is the reason this happened? What if he is trying to burn down the country so he can be king of the ashes and and like, like they the also said in of game of thrones apocalypse. power resides where men believe it resides and so when everything went down pamela grabbed the power because she already had it people believed in her she was known so now lance is 
Peter Baelish grasping it at the hem of the throne, you know? Um, that was one point. And another thing that made me think about Lance was in his conversation with Carol at the end, he says the only way this works is if people play their part, not if people do their part. And I think there's a fine distinction there. It's a play. It's all acting. It's all an illusion. He is probably the the super-duper bad guy of this series. Uh, like, they save the, the evil guy for last. Also, Negan, Maggie, you know, you know the song. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I love you guys. I wish I was there. Please fucking edit this, Dave. <laughs> she blows a kiss at the end. So she's asserting that what if Lance was the impetus of the zombie apocalypse completely? Like, burn the country down so you can reign over the ashes, essentially. Which is very interesting. And maybe he was in charge of Primrose, with the Primrose group or whatever. Let's talk about that first. The possible Primrose connection. You can tell from my face, I'm like, ah, I'm not really down with that. It doesn't seem right. doesn't feel right. But let me get your takes. It's interesting, definitely. I felt like they were kind of saving that content for the movies, but I'm still holding out for the movies, so maybe right. I'm just a big old idiot. But, no, I'm um, with you, actually. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how much prep they're going to give us for that. For yeah, Primrose so, so I'm not quite sure, because I felt like that was going to tie in to that and more of the, the CR and the CRM kind of stuff than, than Commonwealth. It's an interesting road to follow, you know, if that does end up happening. I'd be surprised by a lot of that's, stuff. So. That's kind of what I want to focus on. You'd be surprised. Like, it's like, eh, it doesn't seem, but if it does. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not mad about it. If that right. was the way that I went. <laughs> I'm bad yeah. about it. I have no idea what's going on with Primrose, not going to lie. What is going on with Primrose? Oh, fast walkers. <laughs> I feel like there's such, there's so little to actually know about it that it's almost like, like, yeah, it's possible. But like, there's no real reason to think the Commonwealth could be linked with Primrose. Really, if that makes sense. I was hoping for more of a, like, uh, the alien kind of thing with that. For those who haven't read any of the comic books, there was, like, a little single shot run of a comic called uh, The Alien. And it is the story of Rick's brother, who was very briefly mentioned in the first couple issues of the actual comic book. And I think in Carl's letter, too. Yeah. Yeah, so the TV show did... Did kind of throw it in there as like a kind of like a one-off like a thing, nod. but it wasn't. It's not like super written into their canon in the show. But Jeffrey Grimes, by the way, Jeffrey. Yes. Okay. okay. So he's he's in Spain in Barcelona, and um, Barcelona, Barcelona, and, um, <laughs> and you know, so it's it's his it's his little tale of dealing with the apocalypse as it as it comes on. So I thought with him being positioned in Europe. You know, then maybe there was a shot to do something like that. And it doesn't even have to be Rick's brother necessarily. Like you could throw anyone in there. I wouldn't really care. But I thought that would be a, a cool nod to the original content. I, I'm just going to ask this out of curiosity. What? Why is it called the alien? Well, I always assumed it was because he is he is the alien. <laughs> right. Okay. There, you know, as a like not a resident alien, but just someone traveling mm. who is not from that country, who does not know it like the back of his hand. So that would be even more difficult to deal with the apocalypse in like ensuing if you're in a place that you're not really familiar with. You don't know who in your neighborhood has guns or are there even guns because there's stricter laws in a lot of Europe about that kind of stuff. So then how are you even going to find anything? It brings up a lot of issues that I personally think are really interesting. It's the same thing if anybody's read um, the Walking Dead novel Typhoon, which takes place in China. China, 
Yeah. Just. Mm. It's by Wesley Cho. It's killer. It's a really killer novel. I highly recommend it. But guns are can tend to be viewed as a predominantly American thing to just have them around. And so I think it's really cool to see other cultures deal with with that then not having direct access with the zombie apocalypse essentially yeah which by the way like all of this is making me want to bring up this movie that i have recommended before but i highly recommend people watch i watched it on amazon prime it's called the night eats the night eats world it takes place in paris and it's in english uh, you you've seen it okay cool it's a good movie cool. yeah it's, it's a good movie it just it's really psychological the Night Eats World, French zombie film directed by Dominique Rocher, written by Jérémy Guez, uh, Guillaume Lemont, and uh, oh, and Dominique Rocher, who directed it. Yeah, really, really cool, cool movie in English. Uh, it's just these Americans who are living in France, and uh, he's having an issue with his ex-girlfriend, actually, who he they went together with, but they were now exes. And he, he's coming to this party as, you know, I'm just your friend, and et cetera, et cetera. Then, but he's feeling down, locks himself in the room, and that's when the, exo- the zombie apocalypse happens. He's, he's all down. He's like, oh, I'm sleeping in this room. And all of a sudden, shit, he God. wakes up the next day, and the zombie apocalypse happens, and blood smeared all over the walls. And it's not like lame zombies, too. It's like, what the fuck, zombies? <laughs> That'd be the worst. Stuck in the zombie apocalypse with your ex. Well... You know, he didn't have to it's, worry about that after the door closed. I mean, it's not a, okay, okay, so she died. She yeah, died, right? Yeah, she, she didn't survive. Okay, right good. Good. In the description of this, it says, "But his, but is he the lone survivor?" So I'm assuming he's on his own for the start, at least a little while. Okay, it's it's really good. It's it's kind of like that's open ended. Yeah, it's not very like traditional in the style, but I really liked it. It's, it, it so it doesn't have it's an very ending. Emotional. It's very emotional. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I forgot the ending also. So you know what I mean, like when when, but it was powerful. You know what I mean. Mm. And things were kind of questionable. Mm. A know? bad yeah, ending more... can ruin a whole movie for oh, me. Oh no, no, it's no, definitely not a bad ending. I didn't I don't leave. Think. I didn't leave feeling bad about it, but it is um, okay. It's open ended, so yeah. it's mm. can be a little more like your interpretation of what would happen, which I don't. I don't always hate. That scares Sometimes me. Sometimes I really dislike that. Okay. This one, it didn't bother me. Also, when you talk about okay. the zombie, like zombie apocalypse drama sort of things, like they tend to go in the direction of everybody dies, usually, because of what you're afraid of, Rachel. Only because, well, I don't like that they actually survived. I don't, well, I, I mean, what's the alternative? Like, they, like they find a cure? Right, yeah, I mean, right. that would be lame. Right, right. <laughs> so that's why they usually always die. But with this one, yeah. they wanted to focus on the psychological drama part of it. Like what, what does it look like for somebody to be isolated from everybody else who seems to have all died and they okay. really right. go hard in the paint. Like when it comes to how, how this person survives on their, on it, on his own for so long. So that, that's why it's, right, cool. there is this, a level of satisfaction to it in a sense, but in the context of like, am I seeing this right? Is he seeing this right? Is this what's really happening? Am I the hero of my own story? That, that that whole thing. I feel like you have to go in like mentally prepared to that it's kind of like artsy. Huh. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I If you're like, I love Romero, like don't go into this thinking it's going to be like that because it's not. But on the, okay. flips, on the flip side is actually, mm. I mean, it's very well filmed, right? It, it The shots are not wasted. It sets a mood really, really well. So mm. you, you'll yeah. get sucked in. This is not like schlocky. It is. No, it, there's it, there's beauty it felt in like the mood. A, like a really quick watch too. It wasn't high end, fast paced all the time, but it wasn't so slow that I was like, oh my god, when no, the hell is this over? Right. It's it does it was, suck you it in. Was, it was good. It does suck you in in the way that it paces it. Even though the, it feels, I like honestly, by the time it was over, I was like, this felt like forever, and yet it wasn't. 
Like you yeah. were there with him in a sense. So anyway, so we're gushing about this this movie. But, alien. Okay, so we talked about the alien. We talked about the, that or that possibility with the Primrose connection, etc. What about you, Rach? Like in terms of the Primrose connection, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh my God. Honestly, at this point, it's like, I'm just willing to swallow any slightly believable theory. I'm like, sure, why not? Yep, sounds good. That's sounds what good. they'll let's, do. Let's roll I, with that. <laughs> let's roll with that. Yeah. At this point, I feel like anything, literally anything could happen and I won't be surprised. It hurts my brain to even try and think about theories because... Honestly, I'm right there I don't with know. you. What's the we point? Do, we, don't, we also don't know nearly enough. <laughs> yes. I don't um, have enough information to even form an, an educated theory. Where would I even start? Unlike the list, which we now have more of a connection to what those names are on the list mm. or who those names are mm -hmm. on the list. And credit to Aiden, who yes. really kind of showed yep. me the way on this one. At Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, uh, who is a Whispers to remember. In our spoiler thread, which I finally read today because I finally watched the episode, he had mentioned, <laughs> like there was a discussion about the, the people on the list and now there's a little bit more relevance because Tyler Davis is at the bottom of it, but so is April, whom we meet in this episode. Mm -hmm. The discussion of the people who had to go to that large mansion house, as it's revealed, uh, they are people who are desperate, whether it be debts have fallen in favor uh, with the Commonwealth, whether it be not following the program, let's say. This could be like another class of people, unfortunately, uh, who are looking for ways to escape poverty, even in a, in a sense. Uh, we see that with Rosita and, and Daryl. Like, okay, it's not enough to be a soldier or a effectively a, an armored cop. You know, it's still bad. <laughs> that was another indicator that like, okay, even being in the trooper class, though it has its perks and maybe give you a little bit more, I feel like even that doesn't seem to be enough, let's say, if you have kids. Also, right? it's one thing to be a single parent, right? Because you're only getting a single income. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. With obviously the inclusion of the deflation aspect, because we saw that the newspaper only cost 10 cents. And it seems like it seems like what Sebastian gives to Daryl at the end of it isn't a lot of money, but a sense. Like if there is a lot of deflation and this is like, let's say a stack of $100 bills, he may be set for a while, for a long while. So all of this to say that there's something to Bruin as it pertains to the list. And we seem to have a bigger, it, it, we seem to have an, a nicer idea of what that list represents. Now the question really remains is, whereas before we couldn't even fathom who gave them the list, what it even means. Now we at least know what it means. Tyler Davis is like, okay, Tyler Davis has done some shit. And now he's tasked along with these 30 other people who tried to get the money from the Cooper's house. Cooper the prepper rich guy. No, Cooper was the son of the prepper rich guy. Oh, okay. Thanks for the clarification. But who, do you think gave Connie that list? Because I think initially we thought Mercer, or so, some people just said it. They said, oh, it's Mercer. He's, he's, he's getting wise. But like Mercer is along with the program. I want to know what you guys think first before I weigh in. I was going to say something really stupid. I don't know why this popped in my head. I have no evidence as to why I think it's this person other than he just seems to be a shit stirrer. But what if it was Lance? Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's what I was. Oh, good. Say. Okay, so I'm not alone. Okay, so we're he all. Just, stupid. He seems like a shit stir. <laughs> I, I think it's more than that. But what do you think, Bridget? Well, I wasn't really sure, and I was kind of. I guess this goes along with the like the spoiler thing and the whole <laughs> Jesus. I'm not trying to theorize anything because I'm just like, mm. nope. Just tell me the story. You're just, just in gonna, it. I'm just gonna relish in this storytelling. Yeah. I don't mm. need to try to come up with my own theories as to where things are coming from it's fine i just want to enjoy it so part of me was kind of like i don't know i don't really care like they'll tell me eventually i don't need to worry about it. <laughs> they'll tell me <laughs> 
So they better <laughs> fucking tell me because otherwise I will be yeah. pissed. When people were saying Mercer, I was like, I, I guess I could see that. Like he would know who was missing. And I feel like he's only discovering this now, though. That's that's why I was like, oh, I don't know, guys. Well, and then yeah. we also have to add, like, we also have to think about when this list was created, right? Like, like Bridget just said, if Mercer had put the list together, are these people that he noticed are missing, or did someone else put this list together and say, okay, here's a list of desperate people that I could lean on if I needed to? From Lance. I don't know. So uh, maybe it's exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Shira or whatever. Like, maybe you mean it's like Shira or Maxine? Because Shira, maybe it's Shira, uh, maybe Shira. It's, maybe it's Roman yeah. Calhoun. Like, maybe it's one of those. Oh well, sure. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, doesn't they could be putting the list to together? Lance, like it could be. I mean, he's got his hands in fucking everything, but it could right. be. He could just be orchestrating else. it and saying, yeah. you know, he could tell Shira, "Hey, put together a list of people that we could lean on, call on if we needed to." Yeah, right. But effectively, then it is Lance. I mean, even if Shira was the one who slid it under the door, essentially. But let's say, which means I don't know that she would. I could see Lance doing that though, like right. actually sliding it under the door. I could see him giving Connie an angel. Uh, Angel. Wow. Kelly, the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that, too. Uh, I wanted to bring this up at it, during the episode where we actually saw this, but I, I noticed the difference between where, obviously, Daryl and Rosita live, but also Connie, because she's not quite in the, the same kind of rich person neighborhood dwellings as everybody else, because what we noticed from the upper class and lower class, let's just say, is that the upper class seem to have all those steel doors with the rivets and all mm. that to indicate that it's a steel door everybody rivets mean that <laughs> but connie and kelly don't have that it's important in the context of who gets to visit those dwellings let's say so it could be somebody from oh maybe it could be roman calhoun for all we know he's a plumber right and i don't think that's i mean look it should be an upper class job that shit's they get paid a lot of money essentially <laughs> to do what they do more to the point so yeah why do we think it's lance though specifically because like okay i've heard shit stir but i think it's i think it's crazier than that it's something i, I kind of thought myself but i didn't have anything in my head but now you're making me think about it so right. no we have to let's assume this list of names are the people that sebastian has sent in after this money yes yes that's exactly it okay this could be lance's way because he gives because we we know he gives this letter to connie and kelly before daryl and rosita are handpicked Test, for this assignment right. as well so maybe Lance is trying to shine a light on what Sebastian's doing to put a stop to it without he himself having to intervene. How many, does anybody know how many names were on the list? I'm just trying to like, like remember what it looked like. like At least three names. Three? Oh, well, there were like four columns of names, you nerd. She said at least. You're right. You're right. There were at least three. There were like three or four columns of names. She's just the smart ass. So Mercer had and asked, right. he had asked, uh, was Alves and C- Castle, mm-hmm. how many times has he, d- how many people have gone in? And they said, I don't know, right. 30 to 40. Yeah, that's why I was thinking that too, because when I'm picturing that list in my head, I would guess about 30 or 40 names were on there. Okay. That's then what let, it looks like to me. Let me, let me propose this idea then, because I did think of this during the end of this, the second watch of me going through this episode. So let's say... Lance is trying to facilitate a revolution completely on his own. So he's trying to fabricate one, right? Like everyone's fine, but he wants to run things. So he's going to try to overthrow the current government. Okay. So let's say he's utilizing, I don't know, his cousin's son is what I'm leaning towards. This relationship between him, him and Pamela. I think Lance and Pamela are related in some way. That's my personal opinion. Oh, I think they're like cousins. I didn't understand that first. 
I think uh, they're yeah, like cousins, cousins. Okay. not not siblings, but like. So you mean cousins. His ne- oh, like so like a so like not first a nephew, cousin, but like a nephew, once removed. Right? <laughs> so let's say he uses him, and he says like, "Your mom cut you off." Like, can you believe that? You should be. You need money. Like, so you should. You know, there's money here, and you could send people to go get it, and they would do it because like you're you're a person of power. They're gonna. And he's to like, you. yeah, you're right. And so, like, what if he's manipulating <laughs> all of this? Like, I'm just like, and then he has all these people go missing. And so then what does Lance do? He makes up a little list. And then he gives it to a journalist. And he's like, look at what this fucker's doing over here. Right. Can you mm-hmm. believe this? I'm not involved in anything. As I was watching, I was like, what if he's like, what if he is literally just creating everything here? The guns went missing. And then he's like sending out people that could be valuable to Pamela in the future. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to send him out to get him killed. Wait, wait, wait. By the end of this? The house and or, and or the guns or just the house? I'm saying the whole thing. Like, I'm saying he sent out Toby because he's like, Toby could potentially be a threat to me later. Let's back up a bit. Just So in terms of the caravan, are you saying that, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. Are you saying that Leah is in bed with Lance in, in a sense? No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm okay. saying he just took an to... opportunity okay. Okay. to get rid of someone who could potentially be a threat to him later. Name, namely Toby Carlson. Yes. Perhaps even Aaron but, and Gabe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But it seems Depending like he is in a go. weird way protecting our The group. Commonwealth? Oh, our, he, he did seem that our, way. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if he's like, I need them because they're going to come in and they're going to see all this horrible shit that's happening around me that I'm not involved in. And they're <laughs> going to want to fight on my side. So I'm wondering if that's what he's trying to facilitate. Like I said, this is why I don't theorize because like every time I say something, I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is fucking, I nailed it. And then like the next yeah. episode, I'm like, I get oh, all excited. fucking wrong. I'm going to say this. Yeah, I get all excited al- and then I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you're not, Never you're mind. not alone though. I, I, I feel yeah. somewhat similarly like that there's a, sorry, Jazz. There's like a pincer kind of thing where if you foment a revolution on one end, people, you know, they're, they're not quite falling in line. They don't really like what's going on here. But then you also give them a way out on this side, but then expose that way out. Like, oh, it's all Sebastian, apparently. Or, or whatever. The fact that it's happening under Pamela's watch and nobody mm-hmm. knows who's really in charge, the plumber's union, AKA, then you've got it on both ends. You got discord in the community generally. Kind of like, and this, by the way, this reminded me of Negan Saviors in a sense. Like they were kind of getting on to get on. I am Negan, whatever. But who were the really people that were benefiting? The lieutenants, right? And that the fact that they're safe in an air-conditioned factory, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, but like otherwise, things are pretty shitty. And so that's what the lower class of the Commonwealth is. And on the other side, okay, you, you filter them on this side where like, oh, you can get out of this. But it's a suicide mission. Here's a list of all the things that happened under Pamela's watch. And and now they can put a, a button on who's, who was responsible for this, for funneling these poor people. Like, namely Sebastian, but like, look, in the context of politics when you run that kind of opposition research okay like okay let's i'm gonna use this example so bear with me and i don't usually use current events but like okay what is the opposition research on like like hunter hunter biden let's say okay well if we if we throw this information out to the public well they'd be less inclined to vote for him right so the same applies to pamela milton you have the scenario where like oh your son is a piece of shit and he's taking advantage of people who are too afraid of saying something to send them to their death what kind of leader is that would you would you vote for a leader like that that didn't first of all even if she didn't know she should have known so i'm not thinking that far off from what you're thinking that's that's why i wanted to name why lance why is lance giving the list the only kind of flaw in this is obviously he basically just readily admits his involvement in all this to Carol. 
Mm -hmm. Good that you said that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why? Why does he admit it? We talked about this before, but why do you think Lance is involving Carol to this extent? Do you think he's trying to like test the waters with Carol and see like how on board like she really is with him? I'm, I'm on those lines. I would have originally said it's because he sees similarities in her to himself. But the look on his face when she walks out of the office has me feeling a certain way. Like, now I'm not so sure. Like, that look on his face. Like, at first I was like, okay, you know, he's he's trusting her. He's giving her just enough information so that she will trust him back, right? In, in, in Lance's mind, this is what he's thinking. If I give her a little bit, she'll be more likely to trust me and then, you know, whatever. But then as soon as she walks out, he has that look on his face and I'm like, oh, wait, oh. Like the cat ate the canary, like. Hmm? Yeah. Satisfied. Yeah. Y- yeah. Like, yeah. like she, she bought it. That was the look on his face. Kind of like it. with Carlson. Remember when I said about Carlson? Yeah. But they're, you know, they're 20 year old kids who died and I feel really sad about it. And then he turns uh, turns away and he goes, all right, let's do it. And then he goes, like in his head, he's going, got him fucking CIA guy. Yeah. Right. So like same thing with Carol you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Lance <laughs> is a huge mystery to me. Every, every time I think, I think I know where he's going or what his thought process is going to be. He's like, ha, 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 just kidding. (laughs) Okay. And I'm like, okay, Lance, I'm here for it. (laughs) So I I may have a couple things on that. So I'm going to start with this one thing and see if your mind starts racing on this one. One of the props that I noticed on his desk was this just out-of-place colored green apple. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I see your face, Rachel. But I, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Okay, let's start with some of the obvious things that we've even talked about in the show. So some of the things we've actually said on the show as it pertains to the key on Fear the Walking Dead, green tends to represent like a poison or a rot, let's say, right? Well, Mm -hmm. rotten, the rotten core. There's an apple, right? Okay, cute. But then I kind of want to look at the symbology of a red apple versus a green apple. Why does that exist? Or is there some sort of symbology? And let's start with how do green apples taste versus red apples? The green- Sour. Tastes sour, right? Yeah, tart versus sweet. Right, tend to Mm -hmm. be young- underdeveloped you know it's hard to kind of tell when they're Mm -hmm. right exactly so now the red ones sweeter developed it gives you a warm feeling in your tummy if you're not allergic to them like me sort of somewhat but they tend to be sweeter red is always better yeah exactly (laughs) right bridget and rachel uh (laughs) so there's that's the obvious right okay oh well lance is a little tart to the taste uh and red and whatever okay so taste in lance I, w- I would. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I read this somewhere. Mr. Metaphorism.blogspot.com. In a 2012... Sounds so It definitely isn't. But anyway, so he says... I was this dodgy websites.com? I was routed through the, CD- through the <laughs> CDC website to that one, you know, when I was looking for stuff. <laughs> what? Conspiracy theory stuff. <laughs> right. You're going to say right, Dave? CNN, right? Clinton News Network, right? Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Inside joke. Sorry, uh, sorry, guys. It we were passed just, by the CNN. It was building. the most official website I could think of in, at, the, at that second. <laughs> <laughs> what he says, and I thought this was kind of cool. Green apples re- represent the mind because he's tying this into kind of like the 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 Garden of Eden, the forbidden fruit, which technically was a pomegranate. But uh, Judaism aside, green kind of represents the mind, while red represents the heart. Let's say, and I'll just write. I'll just read what I wrote because a mind without heart thinks without recognizing for whom he is fighting. Let's say, aka, is the cost worth it? Right? Like, I want what I want, 
and this is the smart move, but who does it hurt along the way, right? Okay, now, a heart without mind is sure to fail. So like Herschel with the gun, uh, about to shoot Negan. So there's a, there's a heart, there's there's a sense of passion, there's like feelings. You can't go in all feelings, you can't go in all, all in the mind, because the mind might not think about who it hurts along the way. So I, I kind of like that, because there's something to be said about the, the green apple that is Lance. And I'm trying to give him a little bit of credit, in a sense of like, okay, I think in his head, let's, I'm playing devil's advocate here, <laughs> Lance being the devil. Um, <laughs> could it be that maybe he does get the pic big picture? but he's not thinking about what it costs for the people involved or ready to kind of give themselves. Obviously, the gut feeling is that this guy sucks and he's willing to do anything to get what he wants in a self-centered way. I like to ignore my gut feeling for a minute and go like, okay, but what if he actually believes that? What if he is the true believer that he describes to Carol in that other episode while they're going to the poppy fields? So I think to myself, well, what if that's, he's just this personification of what it takes. And he's making these moves. He's thinking, five moves ahead in the chessboard, let's say, at least. And he's got this all lined up to exactly the way, he, the way he wants. Even if this op fails, like I was saying in the last episode, even if this op fails with Toby Carlson and he dies, it's still a win for him. If he succeeds, it's still a win for him. If Leah Shaw hijacks a caravan, it's still a win for him. <laughs> to that, that other thing that he mentions in the other episode, like we don't even know what the other thing is. Well, what is that? That's a whole other thing that he has on the chessboard that we don't know nothing about. So all, all of this to say, what if he believes in the shit that he, in, in his plan? What if he believes it? I say all this only to kind of give you a minute to think about things. I do agree. I do think Lance genuinely, like, is seeing the bigger picture and has, like, this image in his head that he's just determined to get to. But at the same time, you've got to think of it like basically any villain we've ever seen in The Walking Dead. They always think that they're doing the right thing. Like, when Negan was mm -hmm. being Negan, he thought he was doing the right thing. When the governor was... That's a bad example. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so he thought he was doing the right example. thing when he Actually, shot all of his people in the face. Well, yeah. no, I had a conversation <laughs> with my husband about the governor earlier today. I, too, was talking about something about, like, how the villains all get humanized eventually. And I was like, well, not really the governor because he's, like, crazy or whatever. But he was like, well, no, the, the governor's character, like, knew that he had to be that bad guy to make it in the world. So was he really wrong? In his mind, he was like, this is the way that I make it in this world. I'm this bad guy. Not even we. I. Yeah. Is that... Right. Music? It was yeah. all about him. So I just thought that was an survival. interesting perspective mm -hmm. to have. He was justified in his own mind. Because that's the world, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lance is the same way. I think Lance is, is willing to break as many eggs as he needs for a perfect omelet. But, but okay, so let's talk about the omelet, right? Because what does he want? Is it for the good of all or is it just, hmm. is it just for like the Philip thing? Is it just for, that's what it takes for me to survive in this world? Because I don't know. Lance, Lance also strikes me as the kind of person that would be in the mindset that if this is the image of the world that I want, this is how I think the world should run and everyone will be happy for that. He is making the decisions for himself based on what he thinks is the best course while also like you mean for his kind own, of just pure thinking ambition. about, yeah, I think having people there is important as well because who's going to be there to admire and clap for him? You know what I mean? He wants Aww. that. He wants the attention. He wants the admiration. So the people are very important to his overall plan. I mean, in some right. ways, every every leader, their whole like reason to grasp for power is because they think that they can do a better job and be a good a better leader. job. Mm -hmm. When being a leader, the whole job is to act in sort of what's supposedly the best interest of keeping our people alive and such. 
going back to like Negan, he genuinely believed that this was the best thing and that he was keeping people alive. He didn't really uh, acknowledge the fact that he was an ass. Right. Yeah. Well, he was he was keeping his people alive, and it was wor- it was working till Rick came and fucked it all up. <laughs> it was working. It might not have been like right or perfect, but right. But it was working. So maybe Elise mm-hmm. is sort of a little bit more right about her comparison of Lance, like a pussy version of Simon, because Simon just wanted the power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this is this doesn't map on 100%. But like Simon, he wanted the power because he thought that that was what was best for his people. Like even even Simon, it wasn't a purely selfish move. He was like, let's cut our losses so that we as the saviors can continue to live and go elsewhere. Okay, I, I can take that point. I'll, I'll take that point. Because with Simon, it was like our people. This is Let's just focus on who we've saved, right? It, it, okay, because that didn't occur to me. I, I thought I, me in my head, it just seemed like he wanted power or he wanted to do things his way for the sake of doing it, which is why I was comparing him to Lance, because it could be pure ambition. Oh, I could, do th- I could do this better. If I was the man, I would do things this way. He's like the classic grunt, like most of us, who looks at their boss and says, what a fucking asshole. Meanwhile, like the boss has all this shit to do. And, and sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to be, you have to be compartmentalized and have some sort of professional distance. And because you're doing all these things that, you, that these guys don't know about, these guys can't appreciate, let's say. I'm looking at things from both sides. Like obviously Simon doesn't know what it takes to lead or Simon doesn't know, or doesn't even care about Negan's philosophy. I, this, these are my people. Lance could be in a somewhat similar position. He could be looking at Lan- uh, Pamela going, I could do this better. Like I'm, He's seeing all the flaws, but he's not seeing all of the things that she has to do, or maybe she feels she has to do to keep things running. Like, oh, Lance, this is bigger than you think it is, let's say. So looking at things from Pamela's point of view, I'm trying, because we don't know much. Yeah. But yeah, and he could be just saying it to saying it, and, and with the additional component of this drive and ambition, which Pamela mentions, it maybe could just be pure ambition. And he's so driven that, and this is something that we've also said on the show, well, now that you've gotten it, now what? Because now you, that, that's the whole other side of the coin. Yeah. Like, now that you have it, what are you going to do with it? Did you think that far ahead? It's not just about conquest. It's about main maintenance. And it's not all that's cracked up to be. Anyway, so I just wanted to mention that because that's, I, that's a really good point. Could just be all ambition. Let's move back to Carol and Lance because why does Lance show his belly? It's really hard to say what Lance is, is thinking because we obviously know way more about Carol than Lance does. I want to sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, he sees her as a potential asset and like she could do so many things for him. But he doesn't know that about her yet. Like we know Carol's history, but Lance doesn't know fully what she's capable of. So I I think she so tipped her tough. hand though, right? Like she tipped her hand by like inviting herself into his world. And he was like, I'm impressed. Well, and not only that, she took a huge risk by getting out of the Commonwealth's walls undetected and back in undetected. And she got this this fancy ass wine, you know, without getting a scratch on her. Maybe just that thing that she did was enough for him to sit up straight and really look at her. That's interesting, too, because he was testing her with um, Modo as well. I think he knew the answer. Mm -hmm. He says this asshole. Question is how much of the answer he knows. And I have even a feeling that he knows that these ladies are being abused. But as long as they're playing their part, everybody's got to do their part. Playing their part. I think it's safe to say not just the women, but everyone under Modo's care is being abused. Right. But particularly because Modo looks like that kind of guy. I'm kidding. I don't, whatever. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, he just really, really gives women special attention. Mother pus bucket. So I think he knows about that. And I think in a way, I'm not saying he's training his replacement, but I think 
Maybe like the apple, like maybe because I mean, mm-hmm. even like the, what she's wearing, like Carol, the red colors and stuff like that. Like if we're talking about green apples versus red apples, maybe he sees her as the true believer. He maybe sees himself as the uh, not necessarily like a, a maverick or a mercenary. He maybe see him seeing himself as a means to an end. I, I'm, I'm going on the theory for now that he's of the mind. But if he sees that she's the heart, if he sees women suffering or those women suffering, and he points it out to her. Well, now I'm doing this for the right reasons. It's almost as if he needs somebody who gets him enough, but adds this heart component to it. Like I need, I am the mind, but I need somebody to call me. I need somebody to give me a reason why I'm doing this. Do you know what I mean? Do, do, does that, is that making sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. there's a heart yeah. component that he's missing that he needs from Carol. Maybe he just has a crush on her. <laughs> I Listen, listen. <laughs> who doesn't? Who does it? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's I simultaneously. That's also what I was kind of thinking. Like, like the kind of like who wants to be alone? And I did recognize that on this watch as well. Like, God, man, it must be so hard at the time. It, it does go back to the saviors. Like, I, we were saying this in our season eight coverage so much when Carol finally got me turned around on like, okay, Negan might be doing this for some altruistic reason. It must be so lonely. You're telling these people what to do, and you're trying to explain why you're doing it but it gets lost in all the shit. But it must be so nice for that one person who gets it. Like maybe maybe Carl, let's say. But it must be so nice for somebody who gets it and believes in it. So maybe he's thinking Carol is able to see why he's doing what he's doing. I, somebody needs to run this place. And I seem to be the only one that knows how this place works enough because the system is shit. We built the system and it sucks. I'm Here I am, I'm filling in the gap and nobody sees me. In walks Carol like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Look at all the shit. I, I burned David and Karen because nobody was going to do it. <laughs> so, this is the prison, if you, don't, if you forgot. And I was very mm-hmm. upset about this. But regardless of what, how you feel about it, she feels like she knows exactly what needs to be done. And there's a certain type of person that can do it. And so he's right. But she's learned so much over the course of being in the zombie apocalypse that we have to balance the scales. I think if Carol had met the wrong people first, she could have been a a villain. Yeah, I like this. Okay, let's focus on Carol's face at the end. Because, you know, Lance gives a face, which I didn't notice at all because Melissa McBride was too busy acting. She was like, (laughs) she's like, like, you get me. And and she turns around, she's like, this motherfucker. Right? Like that kind of face. To- mm-hmm. Toby Carlson, Lance is like, and Carol's like, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, I got to deal with this shit all the time. It's like Danny Glover <laughs> and Lethal Weapon. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Right? I don't know if it's if it's an actual thought or just a feeling because I saw her go, ha, ha, ha. that's right. all. Like, can you describe huh? that to the audience uh, that isn't watching your face? I don't know if lovely? I can. I don't, I don't know if I can. You just got to come to the video the recording. What are, what are those called? What is that? Not the... Uh, the YouTubes. <laughs> um, the YouTubes. Come to the YouTubes to see my face. Nerds. <laughs> uh, it was more of like a like an angry grumble, I guess. Or like... <laughs> a big... A very hard eye roll. I think there might have been some, some like, genuine shock that Lance knew what was going on. Almost. <laughs> from us, at least. No, I mean from Carol. Like, a bit of a... Oh, he was involved kind of thing. Like almost thinking that Lance maybe wasn't aware of this situation and then being like, oh, shit, like he is as bad as I think he is. Can we go actually a little bit, just take a small rewind when he found out that it was one of his people? I don't because I don't think Rosita and Daryl were part of the plan. I think Sebastian saw that that Daryl wasn't quite as enthused about him. I'm good with the Rodders, right? Right, Daryl? He's like, good for you. Hey, golf claps, you 
dumb soft bitch. So like good stuff. Right, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, big old twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> with a didn't cream he filling like, didn't he do like a thumbs up like he thumbs- did a thumbs up yeah good stuff yeah. just can't even good. pretend <laughs> i mean he's trying he's trying but i i think that was just sebastian like uh just saying how about we get the, these guys he bailed me out of a situation let's see if he can be oh, this motherfucker anyway so when lance finds out that it was one of carol's people or like daryl and daryl and rosita I think, and stop me if you think the same, I think he was actually concerned for a sec. That's why I said the thing about how he's protecting our group, because I did see genuine shock. That was very clear to me in that moment. Yeah, he seemed Mm -hmm. upset. Like, what is this idiot doing? Why would he say that? Yeah, and like, they all made it back, right? He's he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did Sebastian do? He did, yeah, and he (laughs) did ask about their safety before he asked about the money. So he did, I saw genuine shock. I saw that too. Okay, so now why do we think that? Why why is he concerned for our group? What role do they have to play? Let's say if it's a role, but could it be like, okay, these people get it or something? I think they're very useful to him in some way. I'm not sure what exactly that way is, but they're useful to him still. And so that's why. I also thought that Sebastian had picked Daryl and Rosita to do this mission because they had already killed 40 people. So, and he doesn't. He didn't like the way Daryl just treated him, so he's like, "Yeah, go get my money, bitch." And if you don't make it, oh well. That's oh well. exactly. Nobody's what gonna I know that you saved you saved you yeah. saved Tyler Davis and gave him to me too. There's yeah, like that. Liability. It wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like a. I'm gonna show you. It was like fuck, fuck. If you die, great. Then you're. I don't have to deal with your shit anymore. I'm just yep. like Uncle Lance. It's almost it's almost like the same thing that we were talking about last episode about Lance sending Toby Carlson. It's like if you die, I'll be happy. If you're successful, I'll win, be happy. Win. It's the same right. thing with Sebastian and um, Daryl. It's like if you die, I'm happy. If I get my money, I'm happy. It's a win-win. Right. Yeah. Let yeah. me throw a wrench into the situation because I only thought of this as we were talking. We're all seeming to see that Lance values our group. That is the general feeling. I think so, yeah. Now, what if the role that they have to play is the villain? Because we all said, uh, why did I, me. He wants our group to be the villain? Is that what you are saying? Hold up a minute, yeah. Because I got something here. I want to roll with it. So you've got the discord of the people, generally speaking, except for the upper echelons, which there aren't seem to be that many. There may be a lot, but not as many as the lower class, right? Then you got this side. You got the, okay, let's funnel some of that discord into saving the money, let's say. Okay, now we have a plan to implicate Pamela via Sebastian. Okay, now there's a third element, a common enemy. Aside from Milton, we need to seal this deal and get these people involved in all these plans. So now we have a threat from within. Well, let's say, oh, we let in these immigrants, let's say. And like, oh, and okay. Look what, and okay. look what they did. They immediately went spilling. to the corrupt government or the corrupt underbelly of this thing. And maybe even getting Carol involved is is another way of because you saw his face like I, I got her right because yeah. I didn't see it but you guys saw it like I got yeah. her her Carlson but also Carol <laughs> he thinks yeah so what if so he's setting he's setting our group up to be the scapegoat right because I mean look they involved why involve that would make a lot of sense why involve Aaron and Gabe people you don't necessarily know even though okay they went through intake okay we have a good intake process maybe I don't know let's well, say well I love that he said don't worry they'll fall in line and I'm like what what traits about them seem like they're gonna fall in line. 
what, what about you know? the game and Aaron makes them seem like, oh yeah, don't don't worry. It's, they'll get on board. They'll be fine with you killing people. It's not a big deal. Well, because they because they have children to threaten, right? They'll threaten their kids if they're not in line. A, an additional pressure, let's say. What do you think Ugh, about what do you think about this? Because it's not something you would necessarily see coming, right? Because he's being so nice to our group. He's kind of like letting them in on how this shit works a little bit here and there, giving Ezekiel his surgery, you know, like even though he's not responsible for the thing, he still benefited from it, right? You're still roped into it by association. They were setting things up here in a way that you don't think is gonna happen, but then like what if you turned that around and said, Oh, they're the villains. They're the villains of the Commonwealth. So now you've got a, a trifecta. You've got this like three-way tie of like all the things that Lance can solve. That's crazy shit, huh? Well, that's not entirely unlike the comics either because, you know, Daryl's kind of the one that really brings the, the revolution to the forefront. Like, I feel like there were people there wanting to revolt, but it wasn't until Dwight showed up that he was like, yeah, come on, people, let's do this. And a whole bunch of shit went down and Rick was like, no, 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 don't. And then when it was too late, he's like, okay, you were right. But I don't know. So, the, it, I mean, they definitely could be setting the stage for the, for that. I don't know who the Dwight is going to be in this scenario. I mean, right. I have an idea. but Which is the question we keep asking, right? Right. Right. But, but they so, may be setting the stage for this revolt. Yeah. Right. So instead of like a two dimensional version of the story, we're getting this like tri dimensional kind of like 50,000 foot view, a 30,000 foot view of, oh, yeah. Of like the guts of how this revolution is forming and mm -hmm, the rot, mm -hmm. the rotten core within. So, right. I, and what's really pushing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's good to know this because it feels like we're getting like more of an impetus or more of like a impossible situation to solve, which is going to be solved at some point. But you have to build it up to, to where it's like, how are they going to get out of this? Like this guy mm -hmm. is so sm smart. He's not a dummy. Right. We have to go back well, to that question too. <laughs> right. I, Lance well, is who yeah, we're referring to. I, he's, Sorry. Yeah, but but when I say Lance is a dummy, you you know what I mean, right? Like he is he's very smart in his planning. When I say he's a dummy is he thinks if he does all the right things, he knows how this is going to end, and it's not going to end how he thinks. He's not going to get what he wants. So that's that's why I keep calling him a dummy. But with all of this, you know, revolt stage setting going on, I like that we're now seeing Mercer switch his perspective and he is seeing things from the other side. He He's seeing our group. I see you. He's like, okay, I get you. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were robbing this house, but really this is what's going on. And obviously it was true, you know, and he believes that now. So I think if Lance tries to make an enemy out of our group, I think Mercer will be the one to stand up and be like, eh, eh, eh. Who do the people love? <laughs> right. right. I le love that segue. Oh, oh. That was a pro move there, Rachel. Okay, so let's... It's like I've been doing this for a while or I, something. I know. You got the feel for it and everything. Oh, oh, oh. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. I did not believe. Okay, I say things sometimes. I say things sometimes. In the last episode, I said the next episode is going to be Mercer's turning point. It's got to be because and my my reference to that was what's going on in J Jericho, the apartment complex, right? Is what I'm going to call it, Jericho. So... <laughs> I said the next episode, he's got to have this turning point because this is coming up to a point. Because if he doesn't, then he's going to side with the Commonwealth. He's going to say, I am forced in a situation where these people killed all my soldiers, right? These apartment dwellers, Jericho dwellers. They, and I'm, uh, there's, that can't have no consequences. The one thing you don't see at the hilltop in the six month time jump, which is fastly approaching, uh, probably the next, it, next episode, but next episode, like in terms of time, it's coming fast. They're probably going to be there in 12 hours, let's say or 24 even. 
Mercer is not there. So this is happening so fast that Mercer can't even get there. Interesting. Mm. So this is all happening and it has to happen very fast. Now Lance seems to be able to get there. He's there with Carol. The last scene that we see is him trying to raise him again on the radio. And he's like, it's not happening. So he must have left immediately to go to the apartment complex before anybody had anybody was a wiser. All of this to say what? Finally, good. Mercer has a turning point in this episode. He's like, fuck this shit. Now, I don't think, I don't know how quickly he wants to get involved because the, in the next episode, there is illusions of like possibly Maxine talking to Mercer, but it may be even Eugene. Let's just say that. Mm. I'm just throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. But Mercer's obviously at this, this reckoning right now. Like I can stop here and go no further and just say, oh, they didn't make it. Or he can go further and go, I can't stand this shit. And he's still too far away from the hilltop to get involved in that situation, let's say. I think that it's possible that Mercer's kind of been, you know, on this edge for a while, but it might be like the first time that he's actually like acted on his thoughts, if you if that makes sense. So rather than it being like a turning point, it was just it was just like a fuck this, I'm done kind of thing. Like done done or like he had to release some pressure from all the times he's had to go. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's okay. what I mean. <laughs> but then fall back? Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know if he'll fall back. I think it, as it currently stands, like, I don't think that's, like, his turning point, turning point, turning point. But I feel like, you know, the, 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 situ, the situation that arises next or the information that he finds out next could definitely be his turning point. Once you see it for what it is, you can't unsee it. That sort of thing, right? right. Yeah, you can't unring the bell. Right, right. Is that the next episode's name? No, I'm kidding. Uh, should be. <laughs> should be. How satisfying was it to see Mercer explode? And kill Alves and Castle. On, I, I, on a scale I, of one there. to ten. Yeah, sure. Twelve. I'd say at least an eight point seven recurring. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> what about you, Bridget? What, what do you got? Uh, no, <laughs> I have no feelings. <laughs> Mer- beat bop, beat bop, bop. Mercer makes me dead from the waist down. I gotta <laughs> tell you. <laughs> no, it was it was great. It was great. I don't know what happened if I was like not paying attention the first watch, but like it hit me on the second watch. Like I was like, holy shit, he just killed those guys. Like he just I, murdered. I don't know what soldiers. I was doing the first time I watched the episode, but the second time I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I was murder happy is, with it. Murder is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, I love how unaffected Carol was too. She's just like, oh yeah. Yep, that Seems happened. Seems about right. Like, he, oh yeah. he did a he did a thing. If that you were gonna sense, do though, it, right? I guess I would have eventually. So. Right? Yeah. I was really excited. Everything else aside, he did the right thing. Even if Carol and Daryl weren't there, these guys were terrible. And he's like, "We don't listen to you." So what they d- that does that mean? They work directly sucked. for Sebastian? Yeah, I wrote. Is that, that what that down. means? Like, I was like, "What does that mean?" They don't work yeah. for Mercer. Or do they work directly for Lance? Right. Th- that like, when they said that, I thought, well, who is your commanding own, officer then? Like military people. Mm. I think that Lance may have turned like a portion of like the military onto his own side. Is kind of my general feeling, because like you know how he he how he was sending the guns off that Leah intercepted in the first place. Well, if mm-hmm. these guns were going to some secret project, then these soldiers had to be of knowledge of this secret project, which could be one of the reasons that Lance was so annoyed. I guess I thought Alva's and Castle at least were, I don't know, like Sebastian's personal detail. I guess that would be my, my That's best what I was guess too. as to what it was. Like yeah. they were almost like a secret service. Yeah, that's kind a of what I thought. shitty secret service. Like Jeez. they take, yeah, so they would take their orders directly from 
Sebastian instead of Mercer, which even that seems like really weird to me. Right. You would still think that the that they would have a commanding officer that they still need to report to. Exactly. Not just Sebastian. Here's, or Lance. Here, here's the thing. We need to take a couple steps back because, OK, is Lance in a higher position than General Mercer? I have to concede that I don't think so. I don't think so. I right. think Mercer's rank would be higher than Lance's authority right. level. I think he's yeah. he, I think he's just under Pamela Milton. I mean, generals tend to be working for the commander in chief. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where these whether these guys answer to somebody else and that they're in a higher position. It doesn't. He, the, Sebastian is just a person under the nepotism. It's I'm Pamela's son, so you are my my bodyguards. You do the things I want you to do. I and I pay you for it. And well, that's but, assuming that. They're taking their direction right from Sebastian. Like, I would be more concerned if there was some sort of higher ranking officer out there than Mercer. Because if these guys aren't taking direction from Mercer, then I I hope it's Sebastian and not some other higher officer with with authority equal to or greater than Mercer's. Yeah, I I don't think there is. And that but see, the thing is, what I'm thinking is that's not how the Commonwealth really works. It's kind of like what Sharon D said in her video. As long as people do their part. Or sorry, not do, but play their part. Play their part. So accent mm-hmm. the do versus, which also plays into their ads. Do your part. You know, join the Commonwealth or the Commonwealth Army, let's say. Yeah. It's, but it's a, play your part, which is what Lance says. So you have the appearance of being a general or whatever you are. But how does this place really run? It's whose bread is butter. The right people, Lance, Sebastian, even Pamela, because they can give you the money or whatever it is, perks, surgeries, whatever it is, that's how it really runs. So you're not going to listen to General Idiot Mercer, who doesn't know what's going on. Because he doesn't. Until, like, somebody points it out, there, there uh, maybe there was somebody in, in room M33, okay? Maybe. I don't know. I just, I'm just some idiot nurse person, okay? I'm just some dummy. Okay, maybe there was, but I guess you don't know, dummy Mercer. Okay, sorry. I'm So who do we think... I mean, I'm inclined to say Lance made that call then, in which case, does he have more authority than Mercer? The point I'm making is it doesn't matter about authority. It's about real authority. And Sebastian has it. If you look at him the wrong way, he will, and no, and he'll get away with it. He'll disappear people, clearly, <laughs> from the, mm-hmm. the 30. So I, it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's Lance or Sebastian, let's say. They, these guys are like, they know the truth. And they're saying, I don't, I don't answer to you. You think you're a general? What the... <laughs> Get out of my face. If I get in trouble, oh, Sebastian's got my back. Clearly not, because later on you see him be like, oh, they didn't make it. Oh, well, money, 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 money. <laughs> right? It, see, it wasn't it, even, oh, well, he just didn't address it beyond that point. Yeah, he just he just made a face that said, oh, well. It's like, let's move on. Do you think he'll appoint Daryl and Rosita as his new personal detail? I wrote that in my notes. I like, I wonder myself. I Keep your enemies myself. close, right? But more like, you know, oh, I'll say, you know, it's the last thing, but is it the last thing? Oh, clearly, I was not faithful to Castle and Alves back there. Clearly, they thought I would have his back. If anything happens to us, Sebastian's going to hear, well, well, clearly not. It's like Negan and the Maggie's promise and all that. Promises mean nothing to Maggie. It's like, uh, no, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I'll say I'm not going to kill you so I can learn how to be a whisperer. Blah, blah, blah. But then later I'll kill you. As a whisperer, maybe even. And I'll dance on your little corpse. But so, but like, yeah. So what does a promise, <laughs> and even Rick shows this. By the way, a man's, man's only good as word. And then he'll go back on his word. He's done this twice. 
Many times. <laughs> yeah, at least that I can remember. Can I just say, when Mercer did that, as satisfying as it was to see Mercer do that, I immediately got worried for him. Immediately. I was just like... Why? Well, because what does it mean for the most trusted person to... Like, what if another soldier hears somehow that he shot another soldier? Like, how, okay. do, you tr- so how, what? Do, you, how do you trust so, somebody over I you? I think you could argue it was treason. True, right. true. Don't you think if another soldier heard about what Mercer did, they would, first of all, know who Mercer is and say they must have really deserved it because this man's not going to murder someone. So what? they it's, it's they less... needed some killing. Also, assuming that they obviously heard this from Carol, Daryl, or Rosie Earth because they're the only people there. Mm-hmm. Any one of them three characters, if they did for some reason feel the need to share it, they would provide the context. Good point. Yes. This is why I say this, though, because what we'd said earlier... I think I don't know who said this exactly, but what if Lance had a cadre of soldiers that were kind of in his pocket, let's say, or involved in special projects? Now, I don't think so, because the soldiers just do what they're told. And if Lance is the one telling it, all right. But what if? Now, it reaches their ears, however, in however way it reaches it, right? Like you said, three people, who's going to say anything of our people? But if it does, okay, then those soldiers are kind of like, hmm. What's this guy think he is? Now all of a sudden he's coming online, uh, Mercer. But then they also get like sus. They're like, okay, am I going to be next? Oh, we got to take this guy out. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I know this is like a stupid scenario, but like the corrupt soldiers hear this and they, they're like, oh, this is not good for us. Now he's coming online. Now he might come after us. <laughs> Scary mm-hmm. Mercer is going to kill us. So what do we do? We kill him first. Mm. That was my my immediate gut reaction. Obviously, you think about this a little more, like you guys did, uh, and then maybe it falls apart. Well, this apart. is where the this is where the comic books could kind of oh you know oh yeah. <laughs> are you not gonna you not gonna say? I'm so gonna the, take the, my headphones out if you do because I'm in the process of reading them. So okay, okay. Well, let's not say <laughs> okay. anything. So let's just say there is yeah. hints of that sort of thing happening in the comic books. Inter- I just for clarity i don't i haven't read the comic books i just want the audience to know that i haven't so i'm just saying things now let's go back to jericho well there is okay so there is a mirror between what mercer does to what aaron does to carlson as badass as it was and the fact that we don't see bullet holes whatever but there's a mirror there's like okay you are kind of a traitor carlson you fell back into your tracks as a cia guy but didn't care about human life you are sullying the promise of the commonwealth by going after the wrong people let's say you killed a lot of people to try to get what you wanted, and you still didn't get what you wanted anyway. You proved yourself as, as someone who just doesn't even care. Like, if these people all die, burn it to the ground, let's bury it. CIA. So Aaron just just like, I'm still here. What, are you going to kill me too? I'm, I am of your commonwealth. So what the fuck, dude? So let's go back to something that he says just before Aaron shoots him. And it's the serenity prayer, because obviously, mm-hmm. well, not so obviously, <laughs> Toby Carlson's sober. And I just want to remind everybody what the serenity prayer is. He only says the last bit of it. I say this every day. Are you, you're not sober, though, uh, Garf Cart. But why do you say that? No, no. let me. Is there a it's reason why a you say that? Sereni- the serenity prayer, it's just really good to keep yeah. with you and remember. It's yeah. a good prayer. Yeah. When you're feeling overwhelmed, Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. Yes. And wisdom to know the difference. Which yeah. that's the last part that Toby Carlson says. Because you need to be aware, you need to know what you have control over and what you, do, what you don't. So right. that's, that's why I t- what I tell myself every day. When I start feeling stressed out and overwhelmed with everything, I have to concentrate on the things that I actually have control over. Right. What do you th- why do you think Carlson says it in, in this moment? 
I'm, I'm kind of curious. I want to poke people's brains on this one. I mean. And the wisdom I, to I know mean, the I difference. Had, <laughs> Toby like, Carlson. He knew he was caught in that moment. Well, backs up against not a wall, but the edge of a fucking building. <laughs> and he's just like, on the well, edge. and now I know. <laughs> wisdom to know the difference because I cannot change this moment. What is it exactly though that he that he knows now? Oh, well, now I know what that he, their turncoats or no that or, he's or you're one of that them. That he's or? in a position to not win at this moment. He can't okay. change. Yeah. Okay. He can't change. To accept the, the things you cannot change. Uh, but I like that he said he specifically well, says it, it and the wisdom, wisdom to, know, to the know the difference. Right, because he was trying to change something at that apartment building, but it was never. It was always going to go this way. Mm. Okay, that's why I say it because like there's so many ways to interpret that particular thing. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and I think everybody's going to see those. it a little bit different. That's a squawking deadism. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, well, you can see it this way. You can see, and you're probably both right. Or, or neither of you are right, but good try. But yeah, yeah. I, I, you could even look at it as like, okay, oh, you're one of them. You're always going to be one of them. Or it could be, like you said, um, this was always going to end up like this, let's say. You know, I barked up the wrong yeah. tree, let's say, or something like that. I, I almost like to think of it as, you could even say that about Lance, let's say, he and Lance. Oh, I was sent here. This is not about what he said it was about. Maybe he figured out that he was tricked or that they never had the guns to begin mm. with or whatever it is. Maybe it was he was just thinking Lance, oh, that Lance, fuck, I should have known. Like the wisdom to know the difference. I should have known. Lance can't they, be sure that they don't have the guns, right? But even him himself could be like, oh, is he a trustworthy? Because remember, he's like threatening his life before he goes out on this mission. Do you like breathing, Lance? Do you like live? He says, do you like living? Do, do you? <laughs> so like, I'm even tempted to say that even as a CIA, CIA operative, you get orders that aren't 100% revealed to you. They say it's because of this and this, but you don't really get the whole story. But it turns out it was that. How many times has a CIA operative been sent somewhere to do to do a thing and you find out later that, oh, it was to do this whole other thing that had you known about that, you would have maybe voiced concerns. But you don't really do that because you're a CIA, a CIA operative. So I wonder if that's even part of it, too. Like you just do your part. Right. Mm -hmm. For, well, so your anyone part. have experience in the CIA can confirm or deny this? Well, let's just say this. <laughs> uh, Opening that up to the, to the viewers. That's not you, Dave. <laughs> if they did, they'd be... But that's kind of goes to my point, which is more like how many times in government do you receive orders or do you, do you receive a directive? And who knows? A paper slides on your desk and you don't know the reason for it. You're just supposed to do your job. Analysts, be it person in the field, whatever it is. And then you're like, ah, 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 but the wisdom to know to know the difference, the wisdom to know what I'm doing. So I wonder, I wonder what's going through to Toby Carlson's mind, which makes him such an interesting character even though he's gone, to see this almost like a relic. It, it is like a relic of the past coming to haunt the, the present that is the zombie apocalypse. The CIA operative, what good are you? <laughs> what is it for? And it's such a good, again, it's such a good mirror to what's going on with Mercer right now and that whole situation. Like, I now I know what it's for. Now you, you die, Castle and Alves. Now you die. Because otherwise, he would have been just like Toby Carlson. He would have been receiving orders, completely ignorant and not online. And how close, or let's say even this, how many times has Mercer possibly done a Toby Carlson thing, not even known it? And maybe we'll get allusions to it in the next coming episodes. Like, it, it could have been him. Just, could have just been him. He and Toby Carlson could be the same person, and he didn't even know it. And now he's thinking about all the things he's had to do under somebody's orders. It's, just, it's a thinker. Because it, it kind of makes you sympathize a little bit with Toby Carlson, just a little bit. Because it's like, okay, I'm just doing what I was told to do. I know he's a shitbag, whatever. He sucks. But <laughs> but then, you know, Mercer could be in the same shoes. Anyways, 
I have to do that. Toby was following orders, but he seemed to really enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, you feel that adrenaline with dopamine? <laughs> God, we're still thinking about that episode. <laughs> I got to tell you, though. I just, this is a total side note. I don't even know if this is going to make the episode. I didn't write that much, I got to say. This I was a had... really straightforward episode, I felt like. Like, it yeah. was just one thing after the other. There wasn't a lot left to the imagination because it really was just like a wrapping up of the previous episode, I felt like. I found yeah. that I still wrote a lot of notes, but reading back on them now, like, they're absolutely worthless. My notes you know are when you're writing things down. Just, you know when you're just, writing things down because you think you should be writing things down. Yeah, but like just to remember. Yeah. you're not actually writing yeah. meaningful yeah. things down. No, like like Ian they might walling be meaningful up. in a few weeks. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, like like Ian walling up the the doors so that they didn't know it was a secret room. I don't know if you caught that little details you kind of miss on second. Oh yeah, the super duper secret hiding place that no one could ever see beyond the clothing rack. Like really? Well, and I love that Carlson oh. like stood there and looked down and was like. <laughs> There's footprints into this closet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that was purely timing, luck. And I thought that during the episode, I was like, <laughs> I was like, had this gone any other fucking way? Like, this is pure, a hundred percent luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pure television, it and is. you it love is. it, mm-hmm. you little assholes. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. And the only thing, the only thing I thought was really interesting was just the way that Negan interacted with Herschel. That was like, mm. oh, Rachel, what's that? What what happened? Did it give you the feels? It was hard to watch, and it was was hard to see such a young kid to like piece it together on his own. It was a rough watch. And then I even wrote in my notes, Maggie comes back, right? At the end, at the very end of the episode. And she's like, what did he say to you? And then there's just this really long pause and look at Stare at Negan. And and I just wrote next to it. I'm like, awkward. Then they transition into another conversation. And I was like, well, wait a second. What was that? Wait, wait a second. No, like, tell your mom what just happened, dude. Like, tell her, tell her what happened. Like, you pieced it together yeah. and you know that that's the guy that killed your dad. And this is a big deal. Tell her. Negan's talking to him. He's not talking back. He's staring at Negan. Yeah. And he's saying, what did he say to you? He's still staring yeah. at Negan. He's not I, looking at her. Honestly, I was I was just distracted because Maggie, I'm sorry, darling, but if you were a real mother, you would have come in and immediately hugged your child, not squatted down and got right in his face. Like, no, you're wrapping your arms around your kid. Sorry. That was my only thought. Well, Hug your child. since you left your kid. The mother of the audience. With of the, the guy. Uh, the panel. With the guy who yeah. killed, killed his exactly. dad. So, like, yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree. That was Where's the love and affection? It was maybe a misstep on the part of the the writers and the you know the people that block the scenes and stuff i'm not so sure but jasmine what do you what do you think i think it's just like you know pure like anger really but like not just kind of not just at negan but also maybe a bit at maggie for not telling him that's it Mm -hmm. that's what jasmine guilt there on maggie's end is that what your thought was dave it's exactly what i was thinking but further so even more even more reason for Maggie to come in and try to hug Herschel and let her, let him shrug her off. No, that would break her heart. But uh, yes, but it would drive the point home. Like, why wouldn't you tell me? No, no, you no, know, see, like he, that he's upset with her. There's there's a specific reason why you don't want to, why why you do want to bury the lead on that because you want to leave people on a certain line. This is this is more for us than it is for like what would realistically happen. I'm and I'm assuming. Obviously, this is the show, people. I'm looking at a Herschel that's staring at Negan. You feel 
this it could be anger it could be focus like uh, to mirror lance in a sense but the green but the red apple right the feelings not the green apple which is yeah, uh, Lance. Um, but I see a just a focused Herschel that doesn't show too much. Maybe a little like his mom, because uh, you know she was shut off and all that stuff. It brings me back to asshole Herschel. <laughs> okay, and I think by now Maggie knows kids in the apocalypse, and that and that hers definitely, definitely, definitely is one because kids in the apocalypse. They're kids in the apocalypse. They are scary. Okay, so if I'm coming up to a Herschel that's looking at Negan with dagger eyes. A, first of all, like Jasmine said, and I wasn't really ready to say that, so I'm glad you chimed in, Jasmine. Oh, I didn't tell him that it was him. But then it's like kids in the apocalypse. Uh, I don't know what he's capable of. He might knife me just to get to Negan right now. <laughs> like she's just protecting herself from asshole Herschel. And I always wondered to myself, how does this sweet kid yeah. at least somewhat resemble even eventually the asshole Herschel, right? So, and maybe this is the the start. This is the st- the impetus of that asshole Herschel arc, or whatever it is going to end up. Because one of the things that you think in the back of your mind, and you can't help yourself from doing so, is first of all, let's get this out of the way: is Annie and her child going to be a part of the Negan Maggie spinoff, or Isle of the Dead specifically, is what it's called? Uh, this is not. This is rhetorical. We we kind of know maybe what's. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Because it, it could be. It could be all of them going to Isle of the Dead for some dumb reason. <laughs> I don't know. But then the second question is, where's Herschel in this promo? Mm-hmm. That was my first question. I, uh, no, I Maybe wanted to get the, the first with, thing we found out in this episode Negan's of the way. baby and Annie back at Hilltop, and they're all friends now and like a big family. <laughs> Maybe they're all at the caverns. <laughs> That's where they are. They're in the caverns. With uh, with whom? With Wendell and with the kids. And, yeah, well, this is a fear of the walking dead. Yeah, joke, Tess people. and the kids. It's <laughs> a fear of the walking dead. After the nukes fall, where is everybody? Oh, they're in the and caverns. And Janice. Yeah. <laughs> and Janice. And Ranger Samuels. <laughs> and Janice. Oh, poor Ranger yep. Samuels. I don't know. It gets you thinking. There's no real good answer. If anybody has anything to add to that, fine. But like, it's in. It's in the ether now. It's it's here. That stare makes makes it here. It makes it harder to imagine what could be with, with him. It's why I'm so hesitant to believe that the spinoffs are real. <laughs> like the Daryl Carroll spinoff, which isn't even named. I'm sorry. I just like as much as I want to believe that this is ha- all this is happening because I don't want Daryl to die and I don't want Carol to die. And that's a likelihood if there's not spinoffs about them. What did Kirkman do with the actual comic? He lied and said there were more issues and then he ended it. He scheduled the release dates of several issues following the final one. And then when you get to the end of the book, it's just like, this is the end. Ha ha, I lied to you. Yeah. (laughs) In perfect Walking Dead fashion. When you read the comics, do you not read, like, the post-comic, like, little commentary from Kirkman? No, I don't. He writes one in the back of every single comic. I'll have I'll have to go check it. I I have not no. He basically just goes, "Ha ha! I tricked you all." <laughs> like his commentary. So that's constantly in the back of my mind when I think about these spinoffs. Is like this likelihood that ha, maybe they're lied. like maybe it'll get to the end of the episode. A black screen will come up and be like, "Ha ha! We lied to you." There's no there, spinoffs. There, ha ha! There, yeah. there is no Megan Maggie spinoff. There is no Carol Dale yeah. spinoff. This yep. is it, folks. This is it. Yeah, I wouldn't you know. put it past them. I'm kill, glad we said this. It would this. kill me, but it's just something that's been on my mind a lot. So. I'm not holding my breath for any of these extras. I will get excited when they're happening. Mm, mm, I agree. To a small scale, um, dead in the water. But even then, they just finally announced something recently, like as we're going to pandemic. Yeah. Oh, okay. It is happening. They, they secretly I, snuck it into the AMC Plus yeah. schedule. 
when I get hired to work on all of these projects, then I'll tell you you can get excited. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll be you'll have an NDA, jerk. <laughs> That's true. So like, I'll have to pull a Kirkman know, and lie to you. No, I'll tell Sherry in our Zooms, but like none of you. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I guess it's fair. Tails is filming, so I like I feel okay with that. You know, I'm like, all right, yes, well, we're at least yes. getting something. And that makes sense, yeah. right? That's like, okay, it's a spinoff. Let's look at the world from one-off episodes, let's say pro- prob- probably like Twilight Zone-esque. But the, the spinoff, the, the, dual, the duo spinoffs, you have to understand something. It never occurred to me that that could be the case. That they don't exist? Yeah. It never occurred to me. Oh, re- I'm wow. serious. It's like, it's I'm like gullible or whatever. Widely discussed online. Widely discussed online. But I usually dismiss that shit. Because it's kind of like, would you stop with your fairy tale wishes and stuff like that? They said it's coming out. It's coming out. And then now I'll look like an idiot. But I like that. I don't care if I'm Maybe. tricked. Let's let's pull a Kirkman on us. I think that's also kind of, it's kind of, this is as low as it is, Lance. I mean, it's kind of a genius move. Who would who would see their demises coming? Any of them. It is. Right. It's it, They're giving us a mistis, misdirect. We're like, ooh, these these characters have spinoffs, so we know they're going to survive. <laughs> and then, bum, 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 they Jerks. don't. But at the yeah, same yeah. time, the entirety of the internet is like, these aren't real. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mis- it maybe it's a misdirect within a misdirect. There's a problem with all of this. There's a problem with all of this because they get associated with the movies, which it was announced even before the Carondale spinoff, which w- one would have to conclude, I guess, are they happening because of the spinoff series, because of these announcements, because it was announced in 2019, it's 2022 now, whatever. I don't like thinking was about Was it 2019 that. when we first heard about the, the Rick movies? I think so. Really? Yeah, it, I thought it was even longer ago. I, I thought it was even longer than that. 2019 uh, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, that stupid trailer. Okay. That Meg was okay. really, really upset about yeah, at the time. Oh, the, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. The helicopter I one. I remember now. Over the yeah, city of yep. Philadelphia? Or I don't know what the hell it is. Toledo? Ohio? Who now. gives a shit? Pittsburgh? I don't know. I don't care. It's Toledo. It's Toledo. It's Toledo. No, just, I don't know. It's to laugh. <laughs> I didn't recognize. I would kind of like to go back to the the Negan Herschel thing because uh, obviously sure, we've yeah. we've spoke about it from like how Herschel's feeling and Herschel's perspective. But I'd also like to think of it yeah. from like what Negan's going through in this whole situation because I think you know Negan. Right, we know from like past experience that Negan like really connects with children and really quite likes children. So I think it's it's almost upsetting to him to know that he's taken away like this child's father. And like he actually really respects Herschel and like almost like understands like, yeah, you should be mad at me. You you can see it on his face. Credit to Jeffrey De Morgan, he's an excellent actor. Like you can see, like he's genuinely oh, yeah, yeah. upset. He's just like Yeah, specifically that, that last bit when Herschel decides to put the gun down and Lydia takes it away. I love deliberate slowness in all of these actions. And then when mm-hmm. they finally walk away, when Lydia finally takes Herschel away, that weird kind of like pseudo sigh of relief, but also sadness. It was just perfect. It was chef's kiss for the audio <laughs> podcast. But but like, right, it, it was just like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm making fun of it now, but it's like, this is kind of like a tearful sigh, almost. Not tearful, but kind of like regretful, sorrow-filled sigh, like, I almost wish he did. I almost wish he did. I feel so shitty about this. I feel so horrible about this. When Negan killed Glenn, did Negan know that Maggie was pregnant? No one did. Except for no Rick. No one knew at that point. I think except for Rick. Oh, Aaron. Aaron, Aaron knew. Aaron, thank you. It almost makes me think because after the the lineup sequence, Negan makes a point of like, I wouldn't want to kill a father in front of his kids. That's why I wouldn't kill Rick kind of thing. Do you think like almost like because 
of like Maggie being pregnant, like he might have chose someone else to kill that day because like of the idea of taking of taking someone's father away is like particularly upsetting for him. Mm. Maybe I felt like more yeah. people had known that she was pregnant. Negan wouldn't have because how would he? But didn't I they have know. the picture of the ultrasound in the RV passing it around? Oh, they were looking. They were looking at the. They were looking at the ultrasound. I thought like that whole because yeah. I thought that happened on the way yeah. there. So like all of those people. But like the saviors, yeah. they're not aware. They right. wouldn't be. But I mean, to maybe. Jasmine's point. Yeah, like, I was thinking earlier on, yeah, when Glenn goes missing, when he's under the dumpster, she only tells Aaron. That's what it was. Maybe that would have changed the way he had done it. Maybe it would have chosen somebody else. Maybe it would have been Daryl. I don't, I mean, I don't really know, mm, but. Definitely not Daryl. You don't think but, so? <laughs> you don't nah. think so? It could have gone another way. I would have said Aaron, actually, but yeah. Maybe. I mean, it- Sharon, he likes to ask me every now and then if, if Negan had killed anyone other than Glenn, would I hate him so much right now? And the answer is always, no, I wouldn't. You don't hear me crying over Abe. Right. Some people do, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely before before Glenn's death, he was my all-time favorite character on the TV show. Like, he trumped, like, Rick and Daryl, who are, like, obviously people's favorite. Oh. But, like, even though I loved Glenn so much, like, I can still see how Negan can have a redemption. Oh, Interesting. Rach, what do you, how do you feel about that? Even in light of this episode, let's say, because obviously there's a bit of remorse, let's say, on his part. I don't know. That's that's a really hard question to answer. And Sorry. How stupid is this? Like, I'm having real emotions over fictional characters. I don't even want to say out loud. Like, I don't even want to say those words out loud because I feel like I'm betraying Glenn. Like, I can't even say it. <laughs> that's why we do this thing, right? We, we yeah. have to present like, I'm gonna the opinions. cry now. I I think that once Negan went back, so had he not had that last interaction with Herschel in this episode, that was really the part to me that had created that redemption moment. You and I will settle this, get a little bit older first, grow up a little bit, take care of your mom, be there for her, and then you can come back and find me and we can settle this up. Find me. To say that and to say like, I know that what I did just wrecks you on such a level and i'm saying come back later and we'll handle this like men when you're an adult because i want to give you that opportunity it was really powerful it was a powerful moment although this episode to me really was tying up loose ends this was like a shining light in i that. can't look at rachel right now i know i'm i'm getting i'm getting a little worked up myself so. <laughs> you're setting me um, up it's, it's a lot it's a lot it was a lot to deal with but i don't know that is great writing Negan has, I mean, absolutely proved that he's different and and can be an asset. But I, it doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't get to forget. It, oh yeah, it doesn't it make doesn't up for it. Doesn't change what happened. It doesn't make up right. for it. And Glenn's not here. I know, like, because we care about Glenn. Like, it's harder to forgive Negan. But if it was another character, literally anyone. <laughs> literally anyone. That's the thing. It's like it's. Emotion. It's a, it's like emotion over action. And it's, what's interesting about your reaction is that like, as much as you might not like Maggie even, well, imagine how she feels. As much as we want to judge, and maybe we do judge her because like, how, how could you let this happen? Even though she had no choice in the matter. There's a part of you that, that you must, you might want to acknowledge that says, how could you be okay? That's another one. Like that kind of... Um, let, wait, let what happen? How could, ha- Maggie, how could you... It's irrational. It makes no sense. There's a world in which how could you even go on, Maggie? Without her husband? Yeah. How? 
Well, because she had a child to take care of. But I'm saying, how could you even experience happiness again? This this is the irrational brain going, I don't even like that you're oh. alive without him. That oh. dumb, that even though it doesn't make any sense. Because there's a part of us but that- But she has a piece of him. She yeah. has a piece of him. I yeah. No, no, like, I, I never said it was on. logical. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, But then, okay, she finds another man. Fuck you! <laughs> that dumb part of your brain. That's not accurate. I wouldn't feel happiness ever again, Maggie bitch but then like now we're forcing ourselves we're forcing ourselves to think about how that must be i'm looking at rachel and all i can see is maggie's heart crying every day yeah i mean if if, if our emotional reaction to glenn dying is this like maggie's is just it's through the roof you gotta like accelerate yeah. maggie's by like a million times what we feel yeah. it's the weight yeah. I mean, you have to think, like, I, I always try to put myself in that character's position. Like, how would I feel if my husband was dead and had been brutally murdered in front of me? Like, I would not be okay. Ever. I asked Ever. my flatmate who watches the show, okay, so, because she was, like, turning around on Negan and starting to, like, be like, oh, I really like Negan now. And I was like, yeah, but, you, but he killed Glenn. And then I specifically asked her, what if he'd killed your boyfriend? And she just, and she just literally turned to me. Like no, like look, looked me dead in the eye and said, "I'd be okay with it." Because <laughs> it's a boyfriend. This piece thing, wow. dime a dozen. Wow, anyway. <laughs> she is not ride or die. Like, see now she's she's, she's ride or she, ride. Like she's she, fucking she, out. She she's thinking this. Here's <sighs> what she's thinking: if it means I get to be on the spinoff with him. <laughs> <laughs> Hot diggity dog. <laughs> now look, I would. If if anything happened to Eric, I mean, I would survive. I would get through it. It would suck, but I would probably burn down the earth. I would just go scorched earth on everything that got in my way. I wouldn't. I would have no fucks left to give. Right. None. Give the elephant his due. Fuck the rider. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, if anybody even looked at me sideways, boom, between the eyes. Like right. I would. There would be nothing left inside. I would just be empty. Herschel's more restrained than you. <laughs> <laughs> and yet Maggie persists, right? A lot of that may be due to the fact that she finds out Negan's married. Not necessarily the married part, but he found love. Maybe all those things are going through her mind like, fuck this guy. He doesn't get to find love. Why does he deserve it? <laughs> right. And what? she doesn't. Yeah, that's where I would be. Oh, and, and maybe simultaneously there's a flip side, right? Like, what's wrong with me that I couldn't? Why am I so broken? Maybe it's not the fact that he's broken, but that he, he realizes that I can't reverse things. I but and yet I am still a person. I still am a thing that by nature has this de innate desire to live. And if I'm going to live, why can't I have eek eek something in this broken universe, right? It's already pretty fucking hard. So why don't we just do the hard thing together? I know that sounded a little weird. Why don't we do the hard <laughs> thing together? It makes me go to back, go back to Lance in a way like okay, how lonely must that existence be? In spite of the fact that your your ambition is driving you. That's sad. That's really, really sad, in a sense. I actually kind of want to go back to Negan, in a sense, because there's something that happens here, and it reminds me of Alicia and Charlie in Close Your Eyes. And Alicia says some harsh things to Charlie. She goes, and I don't think she's wrong, like because it's innate in all of us. We all make mistakes. Even though whether or not you get forgiven for those mistakes or not, it still stays with you. You're forced to forget just by the very nature of how our brains work and survival and all that. But I want you to live with the things you've done. I want you to live to a ripe old age. And I want you to never forget what you fucking did to my brother. Now, there's some interesting things going on here where you get to see a little of what that might look like in Negan. And he's, it's getting worse for him. 
So it, get, it got me to thinking all the things that we said about Negan leaving. We said, oh, he doesn't trust Maggie to keep her promise or well, which is obvious. What if this whole time it was just him going, holy shit, yeah, that caught me off guard. What if it was just him saying every time I'm around her, it reminds me of this horrible thing I can't even resemble or recognize anymore. Holy shit. And Fuck it, you. And Fuck it, you. <laughs> And what, and what that must be like to live through that hell, that every day it gets worse. I have to look at her face and realize what I took away from her and her, chi- and her child that I didn't know about at the time. And what a hell that must be. Which is why he says what he says to Herschel at the end. I don't know if I want to live like this. At the same time, like, I think part of it's like, I don't want you to have to kill me because I don't want you to have to change and be a killer and have to live with the fact that you've killed someone, whether it's justified or not. Right, like now. You don't need that now. Yeah. That's why he says what he says. Yeah, you, do, you don't need to carry that. It also occurs to me also that and this is the tiniest of dumb things that I, I, I thought in my mind as we were talking about this, like Negan loves children, obviously, but there's a part of him, like the educator part of him, even though he was PE, whatever. I, I have friends who are PE teachers, whatever. And they're really passionate about their children that, that they get to teach physical, physical education to. But it must be something to kind of like a, a, like a personal challenge to, to, to find that, like, that you can't connect with a child, despite to whom that child belongs. There's a part of him that wants to reach that child as a thing from the past. And it must hurt him on that level, too, that I, there's just this one child I can't reach, I, that I'm not sure I'll ever reach. Or, like, deserve to reach. I don't know if he's thinking that. That's, that's like, the... It's kind of like Lance's ambition. I think there's that part of him that's like, I just need to try. I need to keep trying. Like, I don't even think that's going through his mind. I think I have to reach this kid. <laughs> for Maggie's sake, for his own sake, he is a child. I mean, they're born into this universe. What did they do wrong? Every kid has a chance to grow up into something better than they were, than they could... They, than the shit that I've seen in life they could be. Because kids are just the early stages of the shitbags I see now, the, the people that make me see red. But if I can get them when they're young, which is kind of like what's going on here, if I can get them while, while they're young, maybe, just maybe, they won't be like those shitbag children that turn up to be shitty adults like in the savior's camp. So I like what you said there. I like what you said that like, it's too early for you to be like this. Maybe when you get to Carl's age or something like that, like maybe then you can go after me. What an emotional episode. Did you think going into this that it would come out this way? Uh, I didn't think so either. Yeah. I didn't even think um, recording this video today would go this way. (laughs) Honestly, I was really hoping we'd, I don't know how this is even possible. I was hoping we'd just sort of gloss over the (laughs) Negan Herschel scene. Sorry, Rachel. I'm sorry. That was mean. No, I I don't, don't be sorry. Because I think we, I don't know. We, I think we found something in going through all this though. I, I walked away with more than I bargained for. We found my heart. Can I add some levity to this moment, then? Yeah. Please, please. I'm wiping the tears from my glasses. <laughs> that, too. You should get those windshield wiper glasses. Yeah. Um, I did want to say <laughs> that I got to see more butt plates in this episode. And specifically... I'm sorry, what? We got to see more butt oh, plates. Plate. Oh, plates. Okay. And I got to see Daryl's and Rosina's, which I thought was just a real win in terms of costuming. <laughs> Chefs yes, kiss. Because at the beginning, I liked it. when they first costume, well, like uniform up, they've got um, like satchels covering it. And I was like, go figure. These like, these <laughs> actors, they're like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I don't want to show off this weird butt plate you made me put on. But then um, later in the episode, when they're clearing that house, that's when you, that's when you see them. 
You get those white peaches. Yep. <laughs> so just thought that was nice. A nice touch. <laughs> Second watch, obviously. You're you're taking for granted that like, okay, Daryl's, you want to go like, how does Daryl know from cracking safes, right? What does he know? I can easily see that being a critique. What the, everybody knows how to crack a safe? You think he cracked it? I well, saw like, him prying it open. Right, but but how does he know what to, like, and then it occurred to me like, oh, he's done this before. Like a shitbird, Merle and him teaching everything he knows. Well, yeah, probably. Maybe. (laughs) But like, it didn't occur to me that like that would be the case. Be like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what is he? What is he tapping the the hinges and stuff? What is it? What kind of cheap safe is this? First of all, but second of all, like, fair. Like, but then like, what? How does he know from this? I mean, I always regard Daryl as kind of like a like he knows some things. But doesn't know most things. The That's safe, just my dumb bias. The safe is made from the same material as skulls in this universe, and so you can just mm-hmm. fucking just stab right in there. Well, well, he was he was doing mm-hmm. something very specific with the crowbars. He was actually lifting the pin in the hinge. What? What? He was tapping. Are, is, are you imitating a crowbar and a hammer? <laughs> I am. <laughs> With a, that looks like you're you're just like <laughs> chipping away ice from a, an, a tiny ice sculpture. <laughs> it was so gentle, you know. Was it tippy tap? Was it was it gentle, Bridget? Was it gentle? I heard clang 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 in my damn ears. How could you hear anything over the wah 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 wah? That was in the background. We should do. Listen, Bridget, you and me, we do fully for the show. <laughs> you be the alarm, I'll be the I'll be the the crowbar and the hammer. I want someone to edit a video over that scene where we're making all <laughs> of the sounds. That would be hilarious. Let's let's talk about April for just a second because April, the person that was on the list, reminder, they find her in the panic room, Cooper's father's office, let's say. And she's been in there for days after teams of people have been sent after her, her team being a team of 12, all dead. Three made it in. She has two kids. She made it a point of saying that. Uh, Rosita has one kid. Daryl, uh, in this episode, claiming ownership on force to Sebastian. Leave my kids out of it. There's, there was like an ownership. Like, those are my kids. I like that moment. But then you go back to April, right? Did you like that moment? I was just like... Oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. Daddy Dixon. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, well, yes, Daddy Dixon always, but RJ's a little smarty pants, skipping two grades. But then going back to going back to April, there's like, the, that could have been me sort of feeling. I see Rosita putting April down, who'd just been gutted by these walkers. And I see like that shit, that could have been me. And I don't mm-hmm. know what they're thinking right now. Like, I don't know how they, how they can live in this, that kind of system. But I do kind of want to go back to the beginning of all this. Why do you think they take the job? Like to hone in on like, they could have easily have walked away from the situation. Before we talk about that, I'm going to just say, Mm. you know what they were thinking? Why can't nobody stay fucking calm while they're gooped up in Walker Guts? Every person who isn't in our group just automatically dies immediately. Tell me you thought this. Hold up. The slow motion exit from that panic room. What did it immediately remind you of? I want oh, to see look, if you guys well, here, I'm wearing a poncho. Not really, it's a blanket. <laughs> just, like, what scene, just... particularly? Leaving the leaving the house in Alexandria. Bingo. Right before Sam starts shouting, Mom! Mom. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I have to um, insert Sharon's thoughts right now. I can I can feel her. I can feel her right here sending me these thoughts right now. <laughs> I feel so the presence she made a of Sharon Yeah. No, she made an amazing point during this scene. She's like, okay... 
Why the fuck do they do this every single time? They're in a room, and outside this room are a whole bunch of walkers, and somebody goes, we'll never be able to take them all. Let's gut up. And then so they gut up, and then they go through the door, and then they inevitably end up taking them all out. So let's skip all the bullshit and just take them the fuck out. <laughs> we didn't take all of the volume. We only took the ones out in the house. Can't you do the thing where you, like, crack open the door and like stab him in the head. They've done that before. Right, let a, let a few in at a time, boom, boom. Few more, boom, boom, yeah. boom, right. yeah. Possible, but if, if one gets through, or if one gets bit, the only thing that I was thinking in my mind that makes sense is that she's been in there for days. The longest I think people can go without food is I think a week. The longest people can three go without- Three days without water, three days seven without days water. without food. Right, mm -hmm. so now April hasn't, hasn't even had water, let's say in that room. And the only thing I could think of was I would feel probably the same as she. I wouldn't, I don't know if, I'd probably have the euphoria of being able to jump out of my chair and hug Rosita. Beyond that, uh, my nerves are like this. They're, except for the podcast audience, my, my hands are shaking. I, I, I'm going to be reacting like a cat on a hot tin roof at the sight of these things. I've been in the common, Commonwealth walls. The only excuse I have for her is that she's not in the right place. She's not able to focus. She's all jittery and all... I don't have the strength for this. She can't push away walkers. She doesn't have the energy. There's no energy to spare. It's you know the same what as I Duncan, thought? though. Just let go of the fucking bag. Because that's what was doing it. Just let it go. Just drop Just it. Just drop it, because you guys can kill oh. them then, and then get the bags back. So, like, you didn't have to die. Just but that's not rational. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have rational brain. She's thinking. No, I get. Commonwealth walls. Yeah, they're like she's. I got it for my kids. I have to. I have to finish this. I mean, yes, they need their mother, but it's so bad there. Let's say it's so bad there that the, it, that it's just worth it. And also food brain, like non food brain. Like I'm. I'm deprived of the nutrients necessary to say. Oh, but they need a mother. <laughs> so, you know what sucks even more is that. The 12 people that came in with April, their families are not going to receive compensation for from Sebastian for this. Upon successful mission. No. Yeah. April's April's kids won't benefit from this either. I don't, mm -mm. Not unless no, Dylan actually, and Rosita go give them some money. I actually wrote That's down, I'm like, it, it would have to come out of their cut. What happens, yeah. what happens to orphans in the Commonwealth? Is there an orphanage? Like, is that a thing? Do people foster? Do people take in kids there? Like, do they have a system for that? Good question. Yeah. So I've thought. Do they just chuck them to the walkers when their parents die? You know. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Yikes. the young person's gonna say that. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> I just I thought about it. I mean, it's a per it's a personal thing for me, like because we're looking into fostering and stuff. But but because of that, I immediately thought about it. Is this like a ter terminus situation? <gasps> <gasps> it, uh, well, we're get, we don't want revenge. See, of, you made me go there. We, we don't want to do revenge of uh, <laughs> killing kids is bad. Cancel squawking dead. Well, yeah, yeah like, killing kids is bad. Dead. Killing kids is bad. Yeah, but kill, kill the, the stupid right. ones. And then I say eat them. <laughs> and then I huge mistake. So no, but I actually did think about this, and there's some science involved in, and this is not so good. When things are good, say the Commonwealth, the desire to have children drops. Actually. Fertility drops, as well as the desire to have children. When things are going well? Well, is yes. That when you have wealth, you tend to not have as many children. Huh. This is all statistics. What I was thinking was, okay, what does happen to all the orphan children? Now, what happens to those children? Well, they probably get paired up and matched with an adoption agency. I can easily see an infrastructure of orphan children that they find or that lose their parents, let's say, in these endeavors, and then they get matched up, let's say, even with the upper echelon, you know, you never know. They, especially those people, because 
when you're in the upper echelon, you're getting an allowance. Sorry to bring that chestnut. Things are so well, what, what more do I need? I don't want to have to take care of rugrats. There's more to that science than just that, but like responsibility. But then like when they are kids already, like who's going to scoop them up? Oh, I'm a humanitarian. We can give them a good life, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you look good. All right, let's take in those kids. And maybe there's a bit of compensation from the state perhaps, to take care of that child. So maybe even the lower echelon has an incentive to take in kids, let's say, as long as they're not mudding around with our upper echelon kids. Can we also assume that orphaned kids are probably pretty rare, considering everyone that kind of lives within the walls is pretty safe? I guess maybe unless your parents are soldiers. That's exactly what Mm -hmm. I was thinking, actually. Soldiers or people who've done the deal uh, with uh, Sebastian Orlando. But I'd imagine that this deal is kind of these 30 to 40 people like this just doesn't happen all the time like you know right you're talking about 40 missing people versus like a community of 80,000 that's not that's a very small number well let's also even say this much it's been 10 years you don't think this sort of thing has happened and you know that's a lot that could be potentially a lot of children that have grown up in the last 10 years which could also spawn a whole other spin-off series series kids of the commonwealth it's for kids i don't know whatever maybe um, maybe a lot of the orphans are recruited into the I army i would imagine they would be where else you got to go then there's a whole other side of this factor which is like in poverty there is a tendency obviously to procreate the problem is shows the genius Everybody's of the system. bored so they're fucking <laughs> well there's an emphasis that's that's what people want you to think but technically what it is is there's a value system right if we don't have wealth we value each other you know we rely on each other and tip typically in olden times you had to have children to work to work the farm though now this is this is Mm -hmm. why how you Mm -hmm. did the things and then you lose some along the way or whatever to famine or drought or whatever it is maggie story barrels but why does that not exist here there's no land to till so now you've taken away that incentive and added another pressure, which is what? Something we said early in the episode, which is, okay, it's one thing if you're in the lower class and you're by yourself. What is it like to have kids and ha- and make this little money? Mm-hmm. With deflation, with all the, you may get fed, but you're not going to get beyond ratty clothes that get deposited. And so kids in the lower echelon are also frowned upon or, or aren't supported by this current system, let's say. It's interesting to see the pressure on both sides. Statistically, these people will not procreate, but by the system standards, they will definitely try not to procreate because the system can't sustain it or they can't sustain having children, let's say. So it's just a non-option. There is one thing we haven't talked about. It's something that I predicted, but it's not to the level that any of us thought could be possible. And you know what I'm going to say next. Leah. Hashtag Team Leah, as Sharon D said in the chat earlier, with three hearts, green ones too. Mm-hmm. Let's open the floor Spill your guts, because what do you what do you feel about this, Rachel? How do you feel about this Leah coming back into the shadows or coming out of the shadows? I feel excited, but also like whose side is she going to be on? Because holy fuck. (laughs) I think she's still definitely going to have some animosity towards Maggie. That's for sure. Definitely. But, you know, what? how does that play into the much bigger picture? I don't know. I have more questions than feelings, I think, about it. One thing I would really like to know is, you know, obviously, Leah and Daryl spend a long, a lot of time in, like, the cabin together in the woods. I wonder how much Daryl shared about his life with Leah. Like, did he know that there's, like, free communities? Like, and maybe she wants to, like, track them down? I doubt She it. knows there's people, but I don't I, I don't, don't think know. she'll know anything about, like, where or anything like that, but 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Daryl was like, oh yeah, I was from this place, you know, not saying like what it's called or where it is or anything, but like, yeah. She might basically be on like a, a revenge kind of mission. If that's the case, and I'm just putting this out there from what we do know, is that she would have guessed that when she had him and was saying, oh, are these your people? No, I just trade with them. Then why didn't you go back to your old people? Oh, yeah, well, we lost them because they made a deal with the wrong people or they, whatever. They had a run in with the wrong people. OK, that's over now. But I don't think she knows the extent to which she was involved with Alec or that there is an Alexandria, let's say. Yeah, I don't think she'll know that, but she knows that he has people. There is something. And I'm sorry I didn't bring mm-hmm. it up before because I didn't think of it. Why is the episode called Find Me in 10C? Like l- literally or I mean, that's what he writes on the map. Where's the map left? In the cabin. What if she went back to the cabin? Oh, and then I got it. Yeah. I didn't think of this until you until Jasmine. I didn't think Jasmine was right. But then I'm like, the more I thought about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, if, wait, he, oh, if he if she, Leah went back and found that after Pope, Pope died. died. Yeah. Yes. You're yes. saying she found it after after she killed Pope. Yep. Yeah. So say she went uh. she went say she went back to the cabin after okay. uh, eleven or nine, and then found the map that says find me. She could be following that with the intention of like basically killing Maggie. Or who knows what the intention is? <laughs> I don't love that. Well, yeah. I don't love she it. she don't have anything else to do. If she found that letter from from Daryl saying find me, then she would know that he told the truth, that he did go back to find her. Like he did choose her and she just wasn't there. Yeah, but it's not even so, like, it's not even that? about that anymore. Oh, like, everything's we, we, it's all beyond that now. Yes, I mean, all yes. of her people are dead and that's in part Daryl's fault. And largely, oh, it's so, so much my- her fault. It is oh, so yeah. much more her fault. But in her in her story, in her story. Yeah. Yeah, because in her mind, she's the main character, remember? Everyone's yes. the main yeah. character of their own story. And at this point, it's just like, fuck Daryl, fuck Maggie, fuck Again. her people. I've, I've, got, I, I've got nothing. I've got nobody. I'm going for revenge. So what role does finding this letter play in, in, in all of that, though? Is this just like more fuel for her fire? Or what, like, what are we saying the letter means to her then when it's she a, finds it's it? It's a mission. And whatever that mission leads her to, who knows? Did it just like piss her off to see this and now she's got a bug up her ass or what? She has like the location. Or remnant of his past or whatever. Because remember, he leaves that map in the cabin and then he comes back, sees, oh, it's a wreck, blah, blah, blah. We interpreted it at the time as like, oh, somebody took her or But then we find out later on, oh, no, she left in a huff. Daryl Dixon made him mad enough to for her to throw shit. And wreck her own place mm. and left. So we know she's capable of anger. So she sees this. And instead of seeing this as a gesture of love, in her mind right now, as her people are, the her past, what was it like? What would it be like for to see all your people die? Or what were your people die? Oh, your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. and she's regarding this now as, I should have never let you into my cabin. And this find <laughs> me shit is going to be like, find me so you can kill me. You know, like that? Yeah, in her yeah. cabin. Okay. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around Leah's mindset right now because everything that happened is fully her fault. She's just blaming it all on Daryl. It's it's natural human reaction to blame somebody else. Neuroticism. And when she has nothing to lose, that's what she's going to do. Maybe that's why I'm so confused because I always assume everything's my fault. (laughs) Well, so I'm not I'm not understanding this mindset. You're not a neurotic. (laughs) You don't tend to blame others for your problems. That's being like. Like, that's like a different mindset. Depressed. Yeah. Instead of neurotic. <laughs> well, you, you blame it, you go inward. 
And at the end of the day, even if you do blame yourself in part, you can look at it and be like, well, Maggie literally killed three of my people right in front of me the last interaction that I saw. Fair. Mm-hmm. And you're a soldier, so you're trained to like, oh, that's it. We go yeah. after the bad guys. Yeah, and she did try to kill Leah. So in in Leah's mind, if I were Leah, I would think Maggie's still probably trying to find me and kill me, right? Come find so me. So I might want to find her and kill her first. Also, we don't know. We still don't know why the hell Hope hates Maggie so much. Thank you for putting a button on that, too. Yeah. Is anyone else feeling like we're not going to get an answer to that? Leah might know why the hell Hope hated Maggie so much. She might not. But even if she doesn't, she's just going to be like, well, it must be this girl because why else would the Pope be so against her? You know? I mean, to kind of bolster the argument of (laughs) the revenge theory and that she may have the map, we had said, nah, I could... Couldn't have been her. She had to have found people for some reason to right. in six months, around six months, to find me to to get this convoy to hit it right. But um, guys, no, and it's ter- more terrible. Ter- no, she doesn't get to be a badass. She gets yeah, to- she's a fucking badass. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> like- <sighs> <sighs> I-, I say this because look, it is in a way. Badass. But like to me, it's still glorify this. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Well, but it's also, it's, it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying and it's messed up, but it's fucking badass. Yeah. It was no, awesome. those two things can't exist. You can't have a fear of boner for, Z- well, uh, I was going to say Zool, <laughs> like from Ghostbusters, but like, oh shit, I was very confused as a child. It's like, am I supposed to have an erection? Uh, no, I don't know. But it, sorry. Can't have erection at five. Can you? I guess you can. All right. All right anyway, let's move on. So. Yucky. But 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 to get to the, I, I was not thinking badass. I was thinking like, oh shit. Like, oh, because what does that mean for our people? That this was all one person's doing. What does that mean? The whole, like, mental place that she would have to be to, like, let's face it, they, this Commonwealth group has no association as far as she's concerned with anyone in our right. community. Mm-hmm. She, she literally has to have the mentality that I don't give a fuck about these people, like, they're just getting killed and I'm taking this shit. Think of Morgan, clear Morgan, but with, like, I, I, I just, like, a whole other level of, like, I'm going out of my way to clear. I'm, like, I'm Sadiq trying to, t- but instead of trying to put down the, the vessels in which the souls are trapped, he's like, well, they're still living. I might as well, you know, start the party early, you know, just kill the people, the souls, release the souls while they're in people. Just everybody dies. I don't think it's reminiscent of Clea Morgan. She killed them people with the intention of stealing whatever shit they were transporting. But it's still pretty messed up. I just wanted to throw it out into the universe. I'm not ready to say that she is entirely on her own yet. I think it's possible, possible that she is with people. It's oh, also possible boy. she did this on her own. <laughs> well, that that. But I'm not seems completely dismissing case. that she doesn't have a group. Yeah, it does seem like that because of because of the little of what we saw. But mm, things aren't always what they seem. Right, and so. That's why I said I'm not 100% ready to even say even because I feel like she has the map now and she has a goal. There's a, there's a drive and there's a focus. Who cares about the Commonwealth? Fine. But then like, I'm also thinking to myself, what is it that she wants? It, can't, it just can't, can't just be about revenge. Because then what, what is there? What, I, well, it's like that 
You know when you have this funny feeling in the back of your head? But what is there after? Because I do see a mirror between her and Carol in this moment. I feel like, do you know, there's like a, but what comes after? When you do the things, what, what, what is there what, left? You're killing for ghosts who are already ghosts before the apocalypse. But she has nothing left. I'm just saying because of time too. Like six months gives you so much time and accelerating the apocalypse gives you so much time to think. How long can you stew in revenge alone? And maybe if that's the only thing giving you comfort or sanity in that time, there's a possibility. But then I'm thinking to myself, I'm getting too deep on this in a TV show. I know that right now. But then I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what is it she's trying to do that may not be 100, 100% all about revenge. And let me throw one out there because it just came to me. What if she kills everybody around Daryl and she, she'd be like, I'm the only one left. Love me. Psycho. <laughs> but like, I mean, like that, again, isolation, thoughts of revenge, like, no, 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 no. Going back to the theme of Alicia and Charlie and Negan and Maggie of like, this thing is a hell that you have to live with. All the people around you are dead. Who are you going to be with right now? Yeah, you're going to be with your, kill your, your friend's killer. But don't you love me, Daryl Dixon? You wrote this find me thing. <laughs> you wrote this map to find you. I found you. Love me, Daryl. Love me. I mean, she doesn't fucking... really need to be jealous of anybody. She's the only woman he's been with anyway. <laughs> well, not jealous, but more like this, like, you, you, there's nobody left for you to love just like me. What, what if she kills Connie? You shut your mouth Connie. right now, Jasmine. As long as it's not Carol. <laughs> kill, kill them all, just not fucking Carol. <laughs> what if she kills Carol? Like, let God sort them out. He's like, right, I'm now on a mission to kill everyone well, and, that, and that you and, cared about. Because you killed everyone that I care about. And that does seem more likely because Carol would maybe be more in the field than Connie. Connie was a journalist behind the walls. I, I don't, unless she gets all investigative. <sighs> well, we have to be behind but... the walls, so we have to assume that maybe a Daryl Leah reunion is going to be quite a little bit further down the line. I think it's eventual. Yeah, it's, I can't see a world where it's not. All right, I know no, we're thinking Daryl ended up having we'll to kill Leah. Leah again. That was her last scene. <laughs> Well, by the way, that makes me think of Vir Virgil. Where's Virgil in all this? I I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to, because Connie, and then you made me think of it. And I'm like, oh, well, we, we forgot about it. And Luke, where, Bridget, say, where the, where the fuck, fuck is, is Luke? <laughs> the He's in the caverns also, just with Virgil. Yep. And uh, who was the one we just said Cindy. was in the caverns? Where is Cindy? I, I did want to say one one more thing. We weren't 100% certain of this. What's great about the beginning of this episode is that you establish that Carol and Daryl are actually better. So much so mm -hmm. better. I think they know what's going on. Like he knows the side gig, let's say. I like that. Now, I it's did notice date. one thing. <laughs> that yes. was my favorite line. I know. They're just, I don't know. They're just besties, Why? you guys. They're just besties. Ra Rachel. They are. No, no, no. They Bridget, are. The they logic. Are. Stop it. Rachel. Hey, Rachel. They are. What is, uh, why is it your favorite thing? Tell me you, you didn't think in the back of your crazy brain. That like uh, that maybe uh, there was something more to that. Uh, no, there's always something more to that. <laughs> hard, hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Because <laughs> they love each other yes. more than any two characters on this other. show. I just don't think they like. Really they like friends because you can have intense love for friends. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it doesn't take much to cross that line. It won't take a lot to dip dip across that line. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Bellamy and Clark. Like they have to be permanently friends. It's not the allowed one, to be the one hundred she's referring to. Just, yes, just, yeah, I got oh, that I was, reference. Yeah, I know Bell and Clark. I, yep. I'll say one thing. Do you know what I just did to you all? 
I Lance Hornsby, y'all, because I got the one move here and I got this one here talking facts and I and this one here talking crazy shit about Carol. Hashtag C A R Y L. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everyone's entitled to their me. own opinion. Does it right. right? I watch from the shadows. That's right. <laughs> watch this as I stir shit and get people to spill all their feelings. No, but I did. I did like that scene. It established all the things from Diverge, which there were some diverged hints in this episode too. By the way. Interesting ones. Hornsby says to Carlson, they're like rats. Mm-hmm. What are you, you going to blame a rat for being a rat? Carol with the rat. Okay. The garage mm-hmm. that they're in uh, that this, with the solar panel batteries, same garage as in Find Me. And then, of course, the thing that makes it the thing is like them actually being okay. Actually having a rapport, closeness. It's a date, which could be anything. Right, guys? And then, <laughs> but then like having plans for the future, having a thing that was not like the end of Diverged, which is like slamming doors and garage doors and whatnot and being fed up with what which I like. I liked, guys. I, I know I start shit, but I'm going to tell you the thing that I liked. So mystery solved on that front. I was a little concerned. Guys, I know I stir a lot of shit, but I was concerned. I like, I want them to be okay again. As much as for the last two years, I was kind of like, I don't know, some friendships can't be repaired, folks. I know you, when you get so close to somebody, you make a huge mistake over and over again. Can you possibly be friends? Oh, you gotta bring it up to the ether and let people discuss. Put Rachel through all that hell for nothing. They're our friends again now. I knew they would be. (laughs) I wasn't worried. I mean, they're so mad. Over these years. I wasn't worried. Those are the best clips, though. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I guess that wraps everything up. But if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But use it as a platform to tell us what we got right, tell us what we got wrong. But tell us after every episode, it really, really helps. We will post your rating on social media, even if it sucked. We're transparent here on Squawking Dead. Also, we laugh at your dumb ratings and then we show it to the world isn't this person dumb for thinking we're not the best walking dead universe podcast there is out there but if you're convinced that what i said was just really funny or if you like that bridget was laughing at me instead of with me (laughs) why don't you join the family by heading over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us you don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of access to our supporter back content like being in the recording sessions or getting the unedited episode or joining a membership tier and getting all of that perpetually for as little as a dollar. All you have to do is follow us so that when you feel like jumping in, you get the goods on what happens behind the scenes. Even if you can't always see what's being posted, you can just do it at your comfort level. We just want you to be involved in any way possible. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burke, Survivors tier members, Bridget and Jasmine. No social media accounts attached to them at all. Jasmine.iac. Well, now she likes it. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you, hopefully, very <coughs> soon for another breakdown of The Walking Dead's final thing. Why do you gotta go there? Why I don't there fucking know. I, there's a thing inside stop me that it. doesn't stop me from doing <laughs> shitty things. Stop it. For a stop laugh. Stop it. You already made me cry once. We're doing it again. I gotta say, <laughs> it was really healing to kind of... I didn't think it would hit, but... I really like that we went there because I felt it. I felt it when I was watching it. I just needed to say something about it. And you guys got something out of it. So that means the world to me. It means everything to me. So that's why we do what we do. And everybody took something different from that interaction too. And everybody brought something to the table as a result of that interaction. So I I loved it. I love it. And I hope you love it too, audience. So take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon for another emotional, maybe, episode of Squawking Dead. Take care. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Oh look, Jasmine's Bye. waving goodbye. Oh, Bye. she's doing the she's, she's doing
doing what I tell her to do. <laughs> oh, she stopped. Okay. Everybody, shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Eh, we're nearing the end. It is very difficult. I am sure most of you who are listening, just as this episode has been released, are feeling somewhat the same way, if not very much the same way, if not more of the... <laughs> maybe even more than I am. But that being said, thank you for joining us on this ride. And if you like what you heard, head over to ko-fi.com slash dead. And should you decide to support us, you can tip us for 30 days of access to our supporter back content or join a membership tier for as little as a dollar. But I'd like to celebrate our Survivors tier members who get to join along with us in our episode breakdowns. That's the Survivors tier. Uh, uh, very limited spot, but they make these episodes possible and they get shout outs at the, at the end of the episodes. They are the following people. Uh, first of all, jasmine.iac on Instagram, who joined us today. Bridget, ex Prophecy Girl on Twitter, who also joined us today. As well as Eliza Jones 71 on Instagram. Uh, Ryan, at, at RealRyanGM on Twitter. And ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy. Uh, so, you should know that should... Maybe the survivors tier isn't quite your cup of tea, and you don't necessarily need to break down episodes along with us, but you do want to get shoutouts at the end of these episodes. You do want to get the 50% off in the merch, merch store, just like the survivors tiers, uh, survivors tier members. And you also want, you know, dibs on being able to join us on stream for Jackbox charity, so, sorry, Jackbox games. Hopefully, we do these weekly. That is the Whisperers tier for only $7 a month. And those tier members are the following people. Those lovely people that make these episodes possible. At Judith.Morton. Sorry, at Judith.Morton on Instagram. At Aiden the Raven on Twitter. At Tyler Philip Cox on Instagram and Twitter. At RitasFan2 on Instagram and Twitter. At FrostedAngel67 on Twitter at uh, sandy.d.morrison on Facebook and of course on Instagram and Twitter j13vorhees that's j13v-o-o-r-h-e-e-s on Instagram and Twitter uh, so like I said you can do that you can also rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash dead. five stars in the next plan is all we need to know that you love us but please Use it as a sounding board for what we got right, what we got wrong. But sound off after every episode. It really, really helps us. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo. You've been joined by Cosmo09, Rachel Burt, Bridget, ex-prophecygirl on Twitter, and jasmine.iec on Instagram. Can't wait to talk to you guys soon for another wonderful, riveting episode in the final season of The Walking Dead. Speak to you soon.